Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the ice full. This episode from Life from the Well is fueled by the great beer from Iron Horse Brewery. <laughs> Welcome back to Life from the Well, where the <laughs> drinks are cold and the stories are hot. I still don't like it. I know you don't like it, but that's all we got. No, it's not all we got. It's all someone else mm. got, and it's all we're ripping off. <laughs> well, borrowing. Yeah. Borrowing. yeah Imitation I mean, is the best form of flattery. So Yeah. Well, we should just, just sauce up some wings, too, while we're asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I could, anyway, eat, I could eat spicy wings just the throughout the interview. From the just... dark tower of Olympia. <laughs> dark tower, wow. Oh yeah, we read your we is. read your survey, yeah. and I saw that, and yeah. I was like, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I love that series. That's an awesome <laughs> series. Nerd alert! <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I like series too. You just hate, dude. Don't no, I. He doesn't. You've never read it, and you don't. He's know not read it. Dark Tower. I probably should. It's so I've good. It's probably one of the best book series out there. I it's, say it's Stephen King's. It's fantastic. Uh, add it to my. Uh, my list of things oh. I'm supposed to read. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> so, Scott Diaz, <laughs> Scott Diaz, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you, thank you. Bartender, remember to make out with a mic. I am. Um, there you go. Yeah, get real close. Get to real it. close. Yeah. You want to love that mic. <laughs> yes, so Scott, you came all the way up from Olympia. How was that drive, man? Especially uh, on a Monday afternoon. That yeah. must have been killer. Yeah, during yeah, rush could have hour. Been, yeah, could have been definitely worse, but uh, you know, I think coming down is the worst part of it. I, I probably did that drive for quite a while, come down during the uh, 5 o'clock rush. And yeah. Never fun, but up here it's actually not too bad. It got a little rough as you're hitting um, the express lane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By, but you get up by the mall. 164. Yeah. So. Yeah. But once you get past that, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I used to work uh, down in like Georgetown area, and I'd have to come yeah. home, and it was just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, you get in downtown, it sucked. You get past downtown if you got into the HOV line or, or the uh, express lanes. Mm-hmm. You get into Northgate, just a nightmare. And then like everywhere else, like uh, Northgate, Linwood, Everett. Ugh, I live up in yeah. Everett. I was driving from. Mm-hmm. Georgetown to Everett. Life from the express lane. Yeah. Hey, there, there you go. <laughs> if this doesn't work out, you go out with that. Yeah, we'll just sit and tell traffic stories for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving past cars. <laughs> Scott, what do you do for a living, man? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Uh-oh. you're right. You're right. Wait, wait. I'm always so eager to get into it. I forget that we have to do this. Um, just shows you that we really want to know you and uh, get to hear your guess stories. Guess right. Yeah. No, guess right. Thank you. <laughs> We need to have him eat salt and meat, and uh, no, there's no salt he, with this. But it is he will tequila. never, he will never be. Uh, Kelly, your shots up here. You better come get it. Yum. <laughs> All right, uh, All right. salute. It's not the best tequila, but it's 100 percent agave. So, whatever. Yeah, you get that. It's slightly, actually uh, slightly sweetness uh, from yeah. the blue agave. You know what that is. There? It's 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 Trader Joe's tequila. It's their twelve dollars for a liter, twelve ninety nine. Nice. Um, I would have thought that tastes at least more like a thirteen fifty. 
Well, you got to remember the taxes. It's so a really, good, it's a twenty dollar <laughs> bottle. It's a good mix in tequila. I no, keep, I keep it in my no. I keep it in my home bar pretty mm. regularly for cocktails. Hell of a lot whatever, better than so. uh, some of those bottom shows. Mm. It's, be- it's better than anything anything that's not one hundred percent agave for sure. I think it's just it's like going off of you know price point. You yeah. know, I think mm. a lot of people when they really buy spirits or or anything, you know, they, they see the price point or they see an age statement like, oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. It's just yeah. like, oh, that's mostly all supply and demand and marketing. You know, not always. Yeah. Yeah, with tequila, a lot of the times it's the bottle that it's in too. Mm-hmm. The fancier yeah. the bottle, the more the stuff costs because they have well, to produce all those bottles. Yeah. Well, I get people coming into my store all the time, and they're like, they want top shelf. They think they're getting top shelf stuff when they go and grab the Patron bottle, and I'm like, you, you want something that tastes good, or you just want the name? And they're <laughs> like, Patron's. I'm like, yeah. Patron's garbage. Patron's yeah. made by Paul Mitchell now, the shampoo guy. He bought, he bought Patron. Yeah, Oof. the guys, the the family that wanted Patron makes uh, makes another tequila called Siete Leguas, and it's actually mm-hmm. really legit, super mm-hmm. super good. Have you ever had Dos Armadillos? No. Oh, it's really really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two armadillos. Yeah. What? Two, two armadillos. Two armadillos. Two armadillos. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. bottle too. I saw it. Uh, I was in Texas over Thanksgiving, and I saw my first armadillo in the in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking I saw across the street. I saw an armadillo. <laughs> saw a live armadillo running uh, in the middle of in the, the middle of the highway. Yeah, it was in the median. But Did you like yeah. throw a rocket and watch them curl into a little ball. No, oh, man, I was just happy to see one. Usually, you see them dead. This one was alive. It's like, yeah. keep, li- keep living. <laughs> Don't right. get run over by a truck. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, anyways. So, yes. <laughs> these stories are great. Scotty, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we've done our shot now. Uh, let's get into you, man. Um, so, we start out with the guest resume. We like to start, um, well, first of all, like, what do you do in the industry? Yeah. What, what You know, um, of all the things you mean, I guess cover cover yourself. You know, tell us tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. All right. Well, let me grab out my LinkedIn real quick. Though. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I mean, just, I, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I've known Joey for quite a few years, and uh, you know, we worked together at Silver City. Got back in what was that? Mm-hmm. Two thousand and three, two thousand four. Yes, yeah, two thousand. Yeah. It was, I I so I turned twenty two. That was like in the beginning of working there. So that mm-hmm. would have been oh three. So yeah, I think oh three to oh four, mm-hmm. I worked there, and then. And then from that stretch on, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I mean, I've been in this industry, gosh, like 25 years now. So uh, right now I, uh, I'm i the general manager at Stanley Seaforts in Tacoma. Um, so I run that uh, restaurant there. But uh, my career has been a lot behind the bar, uh, especially doing uh, beverage uh, positions. Um, I started off like I was telling uh, Joey here, you know, I, I was a dishwasher starting off my young career, the Boston <laughs> market back in, I, I won't say how long ago, but a long time ago. Mm, the Boston um, market. Oh man, Boston market. But damn good chicken. <laughs> um, yeah, they were in Silverdale for a short stint and that was, a, that was one of my first restaurant gigs. So I was a dishwasher for them. And I started working at a brewery at, at Silver City when I was uh, 18. Nice. Uh, I was there. With, uh, former guest of the show, Dave Michaelis. Dave Mike, I actually just saw Dave Michaelis just nice. uh, over the weekend. Nice. I went down he there and did an with talked us. to him. Yeah. Dave's a, Dave's a great bot trainer. That guy knows what he's doing. And, oh, he was uh, hilarious. He's, he's if, hilarious. If you, to know Dave is to love Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. That was a fun <laughs> episode, too. Yeah. I you got the Michaelis. I think I had a hand in corrupting him in his. His life, yeah. Early. We we both. I think. I think. Yeah. We. He was our. I mean, he was our designated Dave. Like, he was designated Dave. Dave yeah, until we would, something happened. We would sit at the bar and drink double shots of something gross, and Dave would drink Dr Pepper and hang out with us, and then he would make sure we got home. <laughs> <laughs> Dr Pepper, it's right. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. I, I almost Dave. I almost brought the Soco for you. Oh my gosh! I, I had I had uh, one of the last guys we had on. He had Soco in one of his in his Did cocktail, he? and so I so I have a bottle. That's like Applebee's nightmare. 
beers, yeah. man. Oh, the, Scotty the, would drink double Socos. I would drink double Jamesons. Yeah. And Sean would drink double Patrons. Double Patrons. <laughs> oh, my and God. And Dave would drink a double, double Dr. Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. No, but, uh, yeah, you know, I've been in this industry a long time. Um, like I said, working up from a dishwasher. I've been a busser in my career and moving up to, uh, you know, serving, bartending. And uh, probably the last, God, I'd say at least the last 10 years, I've been running a lot of beverage programs. Um, ran the program for Elliott's Oyster House uh, for a long time. Uh, ran the program up at Snoqualmie Casino, uh, Triple Door, oh, wow. and then uh, um, moved over here to Tacoma, um, Olympia area, and uh, started uh, running the restaurant uh, there for the last uh, three years now. What was the drawdown there? Uh, yeah. You know, actually, my wife's uh, family is down in uh, uh, Lacey, Olympia area, mm-hmm. so nice. it was, we thought it was a good move, especially sure. having a family. Uh, having some people close there, yeah. uh, babysitting's not cheap, <laughs> definitely. So <clears throat> the home community there, and you know, it's actually a great little area. You know, I remember going in there, you know, because I grew up in Bremerton, Silverdale, and so uh, military town, and it's actually quite similar if you think about it, because JBLM's just uh, hop, skip, and a bounce mm-hmm. uh, north, yeah, just past the pot. So um, you know, it's it's actually a great little community. It's pretty close to a lot of stuff. You're yeah. Only about what is that? Hour and a half, two hours away from Portland. You know, about an hour. Right on. I mean, you're Seattle, right on I five, so, so you can go pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the downside being all the way over like Bremerton, Silverdale, is that yeah, you got to you so got to do the ferry. Drive an hour to yeah, get to exactly. I-5. Yeah. yeah, and I used, that's what I used to do, man. When I was running the when I was over at uh, Elliot's Oyster House and 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 over at uh, Triple Door and like that, you know, I take the ferry, which is great and and it, it's fun because you're able to kind of you know relax and and sort of you know decompress after a long day of work or prepare yourself for going into work, but yeah. you're at the mercy of the uh, ferry and man there was many a days when that ferry would be running late or break down and suddenly you gotta get out there and head up uh, east and go up north to, on I-5 and man that was like a two hour drive it was just gross I mean I loved it up there I really loved working in Seattle a lot uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a great vibe um, yeah. uh, it's one of the I think one of the best cities in, in the in the nation at least from mm-hmm. what I visited and, but um, you know drive kind of gets to you after a while yeah. when I was yeah. at the triple door I'd probably be there at least three out of my five days, six days there, I'd be there until about 3 a.m., you know, closing up the bar, you know, and yeah. doing inventories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then heading back down, I wouldn't get home till like 5 a.m. Then wake yeah. up two hours later to take my daughter to school and like that. So that, that got a little rough after yeah, a while. A so, you know, I decided life. to make the kind of move coming down the south a little bit closer mm-hmm. to where I live, you know, and, uh, you know, found, found a good spot there. And so nice. I've been there uh, ever since. You're making a way nice. for it. Yeah, That's but, you know, sure. in a nutshell, that's kind of what I've been doing, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I bartended for a number of years, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's part of my passion, like well, I say. Dishwashing to wash into bartending, too. I love that because yeah. that's what I, I used to work with a dishwasher who would, who get really mad at me because he found out that bartenders made tips, and he was like, he, he saw something, and he's like, how much do you make? And I wouldn't tell him. And then he'd get mad. He'd be like, I think you should be splitting your tips with me. And I'd be like, hey, man, I I tip out the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I was like, but if you want to be a, if you want to make tips, like, do you want to train to be a bartender? I can start teaching you some stuff and then you can move into this position. But I mean, I'm not going to split my tips straight across (laughs) with the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things I think, and especially when you work in the back of the house, you know, I've done a little bit in my time, uh, definitely not uh, anywhere near what I, what I've done in the front of the house, but uh you know, it's. I think a lot of times, you know, um, people who work in the heart of the house or mm. in that, um, it, it, you kind of feel like you're doing a lot of work, you know, and it's grueling and it's yeah. uh, extremely re- uh, repetitive and yeah. uh, time consuming, and you don't always get that recognition, you know. And I think mm. uh, 
you know, kind of shows in our industry, you know, I mean, how, you, how many restaurants, you know, tip out the kitchen like that? Yeah. You know? Not many. I mean, that's, uh, a, that's we a, do it, you know, it's a, I think it's important. Right. I think, I, and you know, I think it's, I think it's something that, that people don't think about that much, you know, yeah. it's like, hey, this buster, yeah, he's helping me out and, you know, and he's grabbing all these dishes, wiping down my table. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, he's bringing drinks out for me if I need it, barbacks, yeah. you know, uh, highly integral to a, a functioning bar. Well, you, you know, think about I mean, like uh, pirate ships, man. Everybody got a cut of the loot, well, yeah. you know, depending on their role in the ship that, you know, it was a certain percentage, mm-hmm. but I mean, that was, that was the fair it share. Is. And I mean, it's, it's, as many people want to consider themselves yeah. anything less than organized, but yeah. it's still, there's still I mean, that kind of, but you also have, you have you to have. think like, you know, most of the people in the front of the house, they haven't done the back of the house. They haven't done any work in the back of yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, sure. You take your shit back there and you drop it off and mm-hmm. run back out to the front of the house. Um, and I mean, I was the same way for a long time too, mm-hmm. but there were a couple of shifts where like we actually, like we fired uh, a dishwasher when I was working over by Northgate um, we fired the dishwasher like mid shift like the guy was just giant piece of shit and so we're like bye bye yeah. and so I, my shift ended and my boss is like dude I really need your help and so I'm like yeah okay I'll do this so I like grabbed the smock or whatever it yeah. is and I threw it on and I'm back there and I mean it just smells like ass <laughs> you're sweating because it's like nothing but steam coming out and you're just hauling ass because you're in the middle of a dinner rush and I'm just like fuck this dude my shoes would be so oh mm-hmm. yeah socks all the way up to like my kneecaps you know yeah. and it was just like it's such a it's such a thankless job, I think, for a lot of people. But it's it's funny, you know, when we talk about positions in the restaurants, you know, and and that we always gravitate towards what's the most important position. I say the dishwasher, one hundred percent over yeah. anybody. I'm like the guys back there. If or, that guy doesn't or, show know, up, your night is oh, fucked. It is, and believe me, <laughs> yeah, you won't have any more plays. Yes. Still happen, <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's it's such a rough position, and nobody ever stops and says like, hey. Dude, you fucking rock for what you're doing here. You know, you know oh, really after that, that when we I, got, uh, I, mean, I, I got the next to, as being a leader, I have to stop sometimes yeah. and be like, damn, I haven't said thank you to that. You know, that oh, person yeah. back there who's been I, back there eight I hours. I recognize the next dishwasher all the time. Know? I was I, like, dude, thank you so much. I know this is a shitty <laughs> position, but you're fucking killing it. I do want to say, as as a bartender and not a manager, I have, I have, um, I do like to give my dishwashers a little extra love. So I always make mm-hmm. sure that they, they get that beer at the end of the shift. Um, a lot of times I'll bring in pop brownies for them to have at the end too. You know, be like, "Here you go, man. Thanks for all your hard work tonight." And so, that's uh, uh, here's a relaxing. Well, it's, it's just it's you know it's that <laughs> it's that you know gift card to the mailman thing. Yeah. You always know, just it's, it's a it's, thankless it's not, job. Nothing, let me actually no, thank it's a, you. There's just nothing written down about needing to do anything, but you also have to acknowledge the, <laughs> the shit that that person has to put up with, and and you really appreciate them yeah. and. and I have a few guys that, that I've been working with for a while now, and, and we have a really good relationship yeah. at this point because, you know, I take the time to get them, you know, that extra little yeah. love, you know, kind of kind of on the side, you know, but, you know, yeah. if there's ever any question, you know, I, I for sure pay for the drinks. And, oh, yeah. You know, I make my own pot brownies. So, what, <laughs> Scott, what got Dutch you Hines. when, I mean, I don't remember if you said this or not, but uh, were you like a kid when you got into the yeah, dishwashing sure. position? Were you like a teenager? I was, oh my gosh, I was, uh, no, I was 16, 16, I believe, when I first started what, uh, in the industry. And what brought you to that? Were you just like, hey man, I need a job? Or and he, pretty much. I think, you know, I, I don't think anybody says, you know what? I want to be a dishwasher. I want to be a Yeah, you should go work in this <laughs> you know restaurant. I mean? No, I think, you know, for me, it's like a lot of, you know, a lot of kids my age and like that, you know, we're just looking to make some extra money, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's available out there. So I, I, I only had like a couple little side jobs growing up, you know, I, I, uh, 
pack parachutes for like a, a hot stint for like a couple weeks, which by the way, you, you ever pack parachutes, one of the worst jobs in the mm-hmm. world, I swear to God. It's like, yeah, this parachute. Oh my God. It's like like yeah, legitimately, this, legitimately packing a parachute, packing a parachute for that like a place, more, man. No, I'm supposed to take my wife skydiving and that does not make me feel more Oh no, it's, about uh, it. It, it, it sucks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is this a term I don't know? <laughs> I, I did it with my brother for a couple weeks in the mm-hmm. summertime. I, I was thinking I was 15 and yeah. uh, we were just trying, it was like, you get paid, oh my God, I think it was like 15 bucks a parachute. So back, you know, back then you're like, oh shit, we're making some fucking money. Oh, how long does it take you for your yeah, it, So the guys were showing us. So the guy, so one of the guys that showed us, we, he was a, okay. a buddy of ours from high school. And so he, uh, his, uh, he worked at one. And so he showed us how to do it. It took him, God, I want to say like probably 15, 20 minutes, maybe yeah. to pack one. And we're like, oh, it's not bad. You know, we yeah. do like there for like, you know, four or five hours, you know, make a good amount of money. Sure. Dude, it took, it would take me and him probably a good hour, hour and a half to do one parachute yeah. <laughs> because if you'd have to get this giant parachute to fit into this. What is it? Bag. Probably like a, a foot and a half by you know yeah. a foot and a half for a mm-hmm. parachute bag. Right. And so you're thinking when you're folding it, air's popping up, and you're trying. You have to. It's like origami on like a massive scale, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's With just. Air a, and the thing was, we're the whole time we're like, hey, are, are these just for like, you know, testing? Or and you go, oh no, people will use these one at time. Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? <laughs> Somebody's gonna jump out of a plane on my fucking parachute? I'm not gonna say where this place was at, by the way. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying that it was, you know, it, it was kind of jarring, you mm-hmm. know, thinking that some poor bastard's gonna be jumping yeah, out God, of an airplane. Yeah. So, so after these, after they told you, didn't you that, you like, oh, anything. I should take a little <laughs> more serious it. note to this. <laughs> I, I think I did all right. Don't though. cut I didn't see anything in the news, right. but uh, yeah, it was it was rough. That was my actual first. If you had even called it a job. You know, that's my first job ever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just that's, happened to fall into it. I think I was just, like I said, I was looking for some summertime work. I found a spot, you know, in Silverdale. They were uh, hiring at the time and uh, worked there for a few months. And then I uh, actually went into, uh, got a busing position because it was, uh, we're talking about tips, you know. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, man, I, know, I heard get that those people tips, make tips, man. man. Yeah. So, you know, like like a lot of people, I think that start in this industry was the number one reason they start for it is the tips. Absolutely. Because of it's, it's easy money. You know, there's like, hey, I'm working 25, 30 hours a week. I'm probably making, you know, good 20 to $30 an hour, you know, and, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, I don't have to do about office work and stuff like yeah. that. You know, I kind of make my own schedules a lot of times. I can take a lot of vacations. So, you know, I think when me and I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, I heard, you know, it sounds like a great gig, right? Mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it, you know, not, not necessarily busting per se, but just the idea of being in the restaurant, being in the bars, you know, yeah. it's just, it was, it was, you know, I get to talk to people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that for those of us who actually you know, propel our careers, yeah, our careers, you know, and, and, and move on or, or move up or, or, or stay in this for a longevity uh, period, it's because of people. That's why mm-hmm. we, you know, that's why we do, that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could do 100%. anything out there 100%. if I really wanted to, you know, I could change careers or mm-hmm. uh, do a nine to five job, you know, in an office. And, uh, you know, for me, I just realized that that's not me. You mm-hmm. know, it's not what I love doing. It's not what, you know, kind of gets me excited to, to wake up in the morning and actually make it to work and, and go through like a 10, 12 hour day and, and come home. Um, so I think, you know, for us, you have to be a certain mindset, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you got to be a little crazy, you know, you got to be, you got to be organized though. <laughs> and you got to have, uh, yeah. And you know, and you just have to have a passion for being around others and, and yeah. being able to take care of people, you know, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of positive and a lot of negative, you know, I think uh, sure. a lot of people don't realize that when they're in there and you're sitting there and you're slinging drinks or you're serving tables and yeah. whatever it may be. And you're thinking about the money and that comes through. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of. Uh, it, it's a grueling thing mentally, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and physically, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. I'm sure you knew that growing up and being in the industry, you'd have people that come into you and, and, and talk to you and why are you doing this? And you'd always hear that. So when are you going to get a real job? Oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh. I dated someone job. for a long time that would say that a bunch. Oh, I know. <laughs> when are you going to get a real job? Yeah. And I'm just like, and you know, the funny thing is now is like, 
I think a lot of people can easily now say, like, uh, I do have a real job. Yeah. You know, so I my have job's, insurance, my job's very I have real. 401k, yeah. you know, and it, it's, things, it's evolved huge mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. You know, 20 years ago, sure, I was probably thinking a short term, yeah. you know, I'll go to college, get my degree, come back home, do what yeah. I'm going to do. And, you know, like I said, you know, as, as you went on in life, you know, people started realizing just not only how much money there is in the industry, but uh, it's a real career. So, yeah. Well, okay, so you started out packing parachutes. Then you randomly got a, a, a dishwashing job. Mm-hmm. Moved into busing. Then you moved into busing. How long after busing were you taking tables, or Man. did you jump straight into uh, bartending? Or you know, I want to say no, I no. I started. I was serving before I really got into the bar. He was bar. a server when I mm-hmm. well, he was a server when well, I was Joey, a, when I was an expert. You know all this, but I don't. <laughs> and neither <laughs> do our listeners. Yeah, I know. I'm helping. I'm, I'm helping to tell the story in case you need. Well, my memory's needs, a little foggy. Yeah. You wait, know, wait, so wait, hold, 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 hold on. on. We, we, we all drink will here. Tell, will you tell Scott's story, please? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 Scotty, Joey. Um. So, Joey, uh, so at what point did I decide to switch over and, and get into, you know, serving and like that? You know, I mean, how far was that? I got to say, it was probably in your early 20s um, okay. when you decided to get into serving. Because um, I feel like you're, that's about where I was around the time I met you, and you're a couple years older than me, and I feel like you've been doing it for a couple of years. So, <laughs> he's probably pretty. Am I? I'm sure he is. He's actually. I'm sure he is. You know, it was, it was a good year or so. Um, no, it was a good. It was a good year or so. I think before I actually got into serving, um, I think I just uh, I was just doing doing what I did, and I think I you know I don't remember how exactly. I mean, that was a, quite a while ago, but I'm pretty sure it was like a lot of people just going up to my supervisor and just saying, "Hey, you know, what what do I got to do to be up here?" And and you know, I I, I did a, a decent job, obviously, for what I was doing. So I think I did. You know, short, your, your memory's a little long when you think of how well you do. <laughs> oh man, um, I, I was always great. I, I was always great. talking about. I was yeah, the best. Guest loved I was me. the best yeah, server ever. Perfect. And never messed <laughs> up. Every, anybody that was ever upset was just an asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> no, but uh, it was probably about a good year, year and a half, and. Nice. Uh, I actually served for quite a while, like Joe was saying. You know, I think when him and I especially, you know, became good friends, you know, I was still serving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't think it was until probably a good, probably a good three or four years mm-hmm. before I actually started doing any kind of bartending. And you remember, I think it was Michael Buholtz. He got yeah. me into it, man. You know, he, he, he was, was a, a mentor bartender. for a lot of us. Yeah. He was. He was, yeah. you know, that guy was a good mentor towards me. You know, mm-hmm. great personality as a, you know, flair bartender. So everybody was like, oh, it's so awesome. I want to be able to flip the bottles. Mm-hmm. I didn't go anywhere bar. with that because I sucked at Nobody it. Nobody went anywhere with that. <laughs> sucked at it. If you can't juggle, you're not going to be a, beer flair, uh, a, a flair bartender. That's it's just true. the reality. But, um, no, it was a great you know, a great time. And, you know, I, I think for me, I, I wanted it to, again, move in that progression, do something different. And yeah. I think for a lot of people that want to get into the bar side, they think it's just, there's something just sort of like debonair about it. You know, they think it's cool for whatever reason. They just think it's neat to make cocktails. And I guess, especially nowadays, it's extremely, you know, uh, not just trendy, but it is a, a choice in the career where people look at it and say like, hey, that's just a, a really amazing uh, career choice yeah. for a lot of people who are already in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. just with everything that's happened since, you know, a lot of the bringing back the golden age of cocktails and all the available ingredients now, the techniques mm-hmm. that are out there yeah. and the, the different things people are doing to kind of push the envelope. I think, you know, it's the just YouTube to challenge us more and teach yeah. us how to do stuff in our, in, so, our, in our living rooms. Really, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm learning more about bartending on my couch than I ever, you know, yeah. now it's insane. <laughs> it's, it's really, you know, it is. I think for me, you hit it on the nail, a nail on the head of there because of like, you know, I think that I learned more, especially technique wise mm-hmm. by, 
watching shows and reading books than I ever did in an actual bar. And, you know, part of that was just for, I think I worked, I think, you know, for, for myself, you know, and and I think Joey can attest to this, you know, you know, I didn't grow up working in craft bars, you know, like like what we think of a craft bars, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, um, you know, places like, you know, Dear Irving or, or, um, PDT and, you know, the, the places that everybody knows, you know, mm-hmm. Trick Dog in San Francisco, Cannon up here in Seattle, you know, and not yeah. everybody gets their start in those areas, you know, yeah. uh, jumpstart in those careers. And if you do, you know, it's, it's, it's so being, good. you know, a bar back or mm-hmm. somewhere along those lines or uh, even that's, a dishwasher, I mean, it's a, man. That's, that's one of those places they say it's, a, it's got like a, a death wait list to work at. It does. You just got to wait you know? for someone to pass away and then you can, <laughs> you know, hopefully be the best bartender available at the time to get mm-hmm. to fill that position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I mean, I've grown up working in, you know, chain restaurants and small uh, bars, uh, you know, uh, casinos, yeah. uh, you know, now steakhouses. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where my uh, career has kind of been. But, you know, I think that for me, it's, I've always tried to find a way to integrate, you know, my style and, and mm-hmm. my idea of what a craft cocktail is, you know, in any of the programs yeah. that I've run and, and that. And I, you know, I, um, to me, that's, it's exciting. I think that what I do is unique and, uh, fun and there's nothing else out there like it. And just having that opportunity to be able to create something that other people can enjoy, you mm-hmm. know, and hopefully they, they, you know, they do enjoy it and have a smile on their face when they're having one of my cocktails, you know, it's, it's a great feeling, you know, and I yeah. think that there's not a lot of things out there where you can get that. It's for satisfaction, you know. Contribution to a really cool culture that, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I love that. That's, mm-hmm. that's really, um, just lost my thought. Yeah. yeah. But I think uh, when I, yeah, when, once I started getting behind the bar a little bit, you know, at the at the brewery, it just kind of all moved from there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, was I, that the first place you bartended? It was. And I only did a little, funny thing was, I only did a little bit when I was at Server City. Mm-hmm. I never got it fully integrated, like, the, full five days a week. You know, I was probably yeah. doing a, a, about a day or so. That was another you know? hard place to get in the bar, too, though. It was. You know, so I mean, you had Brett back there and, Brett and, and uh, uh, I guess, uh, Jim, Jim, yeah, and then, <laughs> Jim, and then Mo was there, <laughs> Mo, and uh, you know, there's a lot of We're people that had their down memory lane. Yeah, like, hey, you know, you shout know out what? to Brett, Jim, yeah, and Mo. Brett, you know, Jim if they're Mike. listening, hey, you know, love you guys. Brett's over in Tacoma now too. So, yeah, you know, is he? Yeah, he's over at Shenanigans. Is it Shenanigans down the waterfront? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm here with you. Shout out to Brett and Shenanigans in the waterfront, Rustin Way in Tacoma. Like. Yeah, I like that place. Well, well, you know, it opened up a lot of doors for me. Yeah. So, you know, starting in there and, you know, having an opportunity to, to go and bartend. I, I, speaking of Michael, you know, mm-hmm. Bulls, I, I bartended for him at Bayside Broiler for yeah. a while before it switched over to, uh, was it Lot 47, Lot. I think, or 41 or something like that? Yeah. Um, I worked, so I worked I there. at that. I worked there as well. That's right. Yeah, that, was I, a, that was a... I love there. Michael. That was a tough place, though. Love you, Michael. Yes. That was a very tough place, but uh, he was yeah. a great employee. It was though. a tough place, but it, I mean, it, it's not his fault. It's just a, it's it's hard to run a functional restaurant in yeah. a seasonal town. I mean, the Paul's Bow is, is. I mean, it's in the summertime you make all your money, and then in the wintertime yep. you're lucky to you're lucky to have two tables a night. Yep. You know, and so that was just one of those things that that I think is. I don't know if it's still a struggle because of the influx of people in this state, but mm-hmm. I know back then that was that was a big issue with a lot yeah. of places. I mean, yeah. I think it's doing a lot better. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember seeing talking to him about a year after it switched over ownership yeah. when he had sold, and he's the executive chef there now. The chef there, yeah. Um, and you know, I know he was way happier, and you know, everything was just mm-hmm. like it's been going pretty well there. It's been open for a little while, so good. I mean, um, that's yeah. a big uh, that's good because I mean, he's a really good restaurant manager, and he was, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's a really good bartender. Yeah. He's one of those guys, and I think he just needed that extra little help. To, mm-hmm. you know to get to that next level and that's yeah. that's what you got so yeah. nice job mike yeah. yeah i can't wait to have him on <laughs> <laughs> him and i have been back and forth a bunch of times and, and uh it's been a f- we, we've made a few efforts to make it work and there's it's just uh 
we're still working. So busy man. So yeah, I mean, at, he's, at he's, he's point, got a lot of demand. At what point did you go from <laughs> I love making drinks and serving tables to mm-hmm. man, I want to be in charge of this shit. Yeah. At what point did you make that transition? You know, I think uh, when I left Silver City, I uh, took over a pho restaurant of all places. In, in, Fuck uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for for uh, almost a womp, couple years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, oh, I, guys, I did that. that. It was funny. funny. I think uh, at the time, you know, I was after I was uh, done with the brewery. I was, you know, again, I was bartending for a while, and I just. It, 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 it's what I fell in love with. Like I said before, I think, you know, for me, it just, it was my, like, it sounds cheesy, my calling, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it just fit really well. does not um, sound cheesy. It, 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 well, it's, just, you know? it's just you being aware of yourself. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that uh, when I, when I started running that uh, restaurant, you know, I, I developed a bar program there. I mean, if you want to call it that, you know, I mean, it's obviously being a fun restaurant, you know, there's so many things you want to do, mm. you know, for what it is. But uh, that was my first actual opportunity to put my signature on something. And it was just awesome, you know, mm. being able to sit there and just like, you know, put some drinks on there, even though yeah. if like probably 80% of them weren't even my own, you know, right. it was just kind of neat to be able to kind of think about create a that, menu, create a menu and, something together, yeah. and it, from there it just kind of took off. You know, I left there and I went to Elliot's Oyster House and I was there for five or six years and I, I, my, I initially came on as the host manager when I was hired but uh, what is a host manager so I was the front desk manager okay so I ran so basically my job was to basically hire the front desk and do their uh, schedules I, I was also a manager on the floor but that was one of my main duties was to uh, run the, the front desk program and so but I remember when I was uh, interviewing you know we were talking about you know passions and, and things like that and I was talking a lot about bar and this is the time I think, and you know, this is what 2013 or so. So, you know, I think a lot of bars had uh, just really started popping up, you know, especially in like the craft industry, you know, the, yeah. the craft industry was starting in the late nineties, but I think it really didn't really pop nationally or over, you know, across globally, probably until like, 05. yeah, Oh five, Oh six. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a few years later, you know, Seattle, you know, was having, you know, really starting to boom That's with a lot uh, of their stuff. Around the time I ended up at Cedar Brick, and we yeah. turned, we turned a little <laughs> library into a weird little craft cocktail yeah. bar just because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. just because we had nothing else to do and we were interested in it. <laughs> yeah. So Enjoy. I had the opportunity there. He said, "Hey, you know, you got. Do you want to go ahead and, and work on the beverage program here?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I'd love to." You yeah. know, and you know, it was funny. I was telling the story to someone else too. I think that you know, for me, that was a like my first real big experience, like taking over like a, a, a bar program mm-hmm. and and trying to uh, adapt the cocktails to you know wh- where I thought <laughs> they should go. And it's funny. I always say like you know, I thought I was going to lose my job after my first year there because I was fucking horrible yeah. at like the program around there. It was just like I tried to get way too pretentious to craft for what the restaurant was. I mean, it's a, it's a seafood house on the waterfront, so it's yeah. all tourists. And just talking about seasonality, mm-hmm. man, we do 80% of our business in a course of five months, yeah. you know? And so, I, you know, I try to do too much, too quick there, but I learned very quickly, you know, what I had to do to adapt some of the stuff I love to do and want to do, but also mm-hmm. had to figure out how do I work that into what it needs to be. So I think, you know, for a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, bar managers or, 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 or lead bartenders, you know, who have an opportunity to run programs, it, it's probably the first mistake that they'll always make is that they make programs based on what they want to do mm-hmm. versus like, well, what does it need to be? Absolutely. That's you a know? great point. You have to listen to your clientele and you your do. regulars. And I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the biggest mistake that restaurant managers or bar managers make when they come into new places is, is coming in and 
making all the changes according to their own standards immediately. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, you know, you just lost half your regulars. Yeah. Because they don't like change. Uh-huh. You know, you, you <laughs> really dude. have to work shit I think people in this industry people. in general hate change. It's yeah. true. It's yeah, like there's a lot of people that just, oh! they just want, they just want to show up tomorrow and well, everything to be the same. <laughs> no, you, you bring up a, a great point. I mean, it's all, it's like, you know, come in as a new supervisor, manager, whatever, you know, take a minute, take a breath, mm-hmm. check out the clientele, the the regulars especially. You know, Put your see, finger to the vein, yeah. get the mm-hmm. pulse. You know, get get a feel for it before you just come in and go. Okay, I'm gonna mow down everything, and we're gonna create a brand new topiary. We used yeah. to have a it's joke. Like, no, 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 we we like grass. We don't like flowers. We yeah. used to have a joke that whenever we got a new restaurant manager, we knew our uniforms were going to change and the water glasses were going to change. That was like the two big like <laughs> changes that they <laughs> they come in. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I think like, like you know, button your shirt up and wear a tie well, now. Or yeah, it is. I swear to God, when people come in, I think the first thing they look at is mm-hmm. always like, well, what are you serving that in? And it's yeah. always like, for some reason, it's coffee mugs and like water glasses yeah. of all things. Yeah. So just like, that's well, those are the, okay. those are the things that people see a lot, and so it can make a big yeah. visual impact. So they'll be like, Weren't, "I did that." You know, <laughs> when, you started, when, when you and I first met, we started working at uh, the restaurant together. Oh yeah, um, can we say Cedarbrook? I think you already did. Well, I did earlier. Yeah. I don't think I think they're fine. I don't think anything, but I didn't get fired from that place. We're fine. I didn't say nothing. Well, negative. still, um, my wife there. It's great. I love that. I've loved, we, I love uh, that building. Did, did, weren't we wearing like white shirts? Um, didn't it take you and then me mm-hmm. and like a couple other people to convince uh, the powers that be to change the color? To and what, even, black? Even then, no. No, like, they changed them to maroon. maroon. Maroon, and then they changed it to like a, a, like a teal. No, it was like an olive green. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it, was well, it, it should only oh, ever be terrible. black. I feel it should like only ever be black. Yeah. Like the maroon was okay because like the fabric was mm-hmm. was a, it was a solid fabric. It breathed. And no, clean it, it was one of those like recycled plastic fabrics, and the the button was had still terrible. So you would button, and it, it had a second flap that covered your buttons. Oh yeah, like a chef sort of. It just like, it you know, talking, a, you know, like chef coats usually have that. Well, it was the flap. No, no, no. It, it wasn't like, the flap. It was. It, it was, was just literally a, just over where the buttons were. It was just. It was, oh, so your buttons, okay. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, it just. It was just a button cover. Yeah, down, down, all the way down the shirt, and so you had this weird like shirt that didn't look like. It looked like it was zipped up, maybe. Yeah, but it was buttoned. No up, collar. And, and then they were. They had collars, fortunately, but they were so really, still on collar. This was. Before, this was like still early 2000s. They, I think like two years later they got rid of collars and those types of shirts. Yeah. But um, and they were really flowy, so they were like they felt oh, like yeah. parachute material, <laughs> and, and, and they would melt if you ironed them with oh, an God. iron set for cotton. Yeah, I oh, melted yeah. like two shirts what, on accident. Oh. Rayon or mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm six, seven, so they had to, those they shirts were garbage. They couldn't order me, and I'm not like fat or nothing, but they they couldn't order me like <laughs> a, a tall. You know, I had I had to have like a double tall, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't have any tall, so they had to order me like a triple or a quadruple X, and I'm just like, okay, well, I look like a parachute. Then it's one of those parachutes you're folding up Scotty it was maybe you can that's probably where I got him from Scotty could have helped you get dressed Pete yeah. you would have been like fold your shirt up in all the right spots to... <laughs> if you ever go parlor selling I can show you how to fold up your shirt to oh make sure sweet yeah no perfect I, I think I still have one of those shirts <laughs> life from the well you know that, we haven't done that, that in a while solid. I figured that was solid that yeah, was if, if we if we did that all the time, that'd be I'd be like I hate you. Yeah, right like now. in the first like five episodes, it was all constantly, constantly. <laughs> every time we opened a beer, once once every once every five episodes, now it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean I can't do that? <laughs> Damn it! No, no I mean but, uh, no, I'll, I'll remember this. Five episodes from now, I'm gonna do it. 
<laughs> yeah, we're going to listen to that five episodes. It's going to hold you to it. Check back, check back, check back. No, but, uh, you know, that's uh, kind of where I think I found my uh, found my calling, really. As soon as I got in there and started running the programs, it's it's just what I really fell in love with and, and, and did. So from there, you know, I, I've done, a, you know, pretty much in the rest of my career since then has been uh, bartending beverage development since yeah. that point on. You your, know, heart, your heart is in the bar. It is. And it's, uh, like I said, it's just it's just one of those areas in our industry that I, I think is just unmatched you mm-hmm. know and and um you know it, it takes a certain individual you know i think you know as a as a bartender you're you're somebody's confidant you're their friend you know you're also uh you know the person there to, to tell them uh, when things get real mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, and kind of tell them where they have to be you know and i think that's where when you develop those regulars and, and those guests that come in and you know that's what they're looking for you know and yeah um i know for for me that's kind of been how i approach my career you know it's just uh honesty you know, and but at the same time, you know, making sure that I'm listening to the people around me, and you know, what are they looking for? What do they want? You know, what, what's that next trend that works where you're at? Yeah. Because uh, not everything works in every single place. You know, every restaurant, every bar is different. You know, depending on what you're trying to be, where you want to be, what you are, and where you're at. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I've just tried to in my career work with that everywhere I've been. You know, saying, okay, where are you? What are you right now? And where do I think you can go? And how can I get you there? You know, and that's kind of how I approach, you know, when I when I craft my cocktails, you know, I think about, you know, why am I making this? Who am I making this for? You know, versus and then there from there, mm-hmm. after answering like those, that. that's when I start I like thinking that. about, OK, now, how am I going to now? What does that look like? You know, what, what yeah. what's going to be the ingredients? Why am I using these ingredients? You know, is there is it all just flavors coming together that work really well? Or is there a story behind it? You know, mm-hmm. is there a, a flow to it? Am I trying to? You know, show, uh, show some sort of uh, cohesion at the uh, restaurant or bar I'm at. You know, yeah. whether it's an Asian bar or if it's a American style or, or, or a tiki. Um, you know, trying to you know make sure that you you stay within those um, guidelines. You know, and but create something that I think that you know that your guests are going to enjoy and going to love and, and want to you know order a second one. You know, yeah. and they're going to mm-hmm. go talk to their friends and uh, hopefully, and that's how it all snowballs from there. And you know, and how you build those uh, devoted guests and those regulars and and, and brand you know your yourself and your uh your bar your restaurant yeah mm-hmm. no that's solid i like that yeah which i love when someone sits down and like you have your cocktail menu there and <clears throat> you get to talk to them about it and you recommend a drink to them they try mm-hmm. one of your drinks and then they sit and they work their way through like two or three more of your cocktails mm-hmm. on the list i fucking love that yeah it's just someone who's like open to like a good time and experience yeah. and they want to see what you're about mm-hmm. it's always fun no, I mean, I think that, you know, it's hard too because I think a lot of places when you go in there, uh, you know, I, I notice especially at some of the bars that their lists are like just so massive, you know, they have mm-hmm. so many different drinks on there and, you know, it's it, it, when I sit down, you know, I, I, I want to look and make my decision within like, you know, 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a time and place, I think, for a novel, and it depends on the bar. I mean, obviously, there's <laughs> bars out there where that's what you do. Sure. You know, and you have, like, you know, 20, 30 drinks on there, and that's the whole point. Is yeah. But then you you're know, designed you're, to you're be designing, that kind of yeah. place. But you're creating a journey, show. and so you're hopefully, you know, that they're going to come back and continue to come right. back. You have and, the cocktail yeah. Bible for exactly. so they can do their you know, research, and, right? But, you know, it is, that, it, it is a good feeling, though, when people go through and they're sitting there like, man, they ordered, like, you know, three or four of my drinks on the, on the list there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's pretty awesome. That's fine, you know, right? And, and hopefully he liked them. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, you feel like they did though, right? Cause usually, yeah. usually when someone comes back and orders another, like, mm-hmm. so if I have a cocktail and I don't like it, yeah. usually what I go to after that is either like a gin Cry. tonic or, oh. <laughs> you know, or like if I'm still there, you know, but I'll, I'll switch to like a, a, a shot yeah. in a beer or a 
or something basic. Like mm-hmm. if I have a cocktail, then I go basic right after the cocktail. Yeah. The cocktail probably sucks. I think me too. It's like whenever I go somewhere, I always want to try one of the signature cocktails when mm-hmm. I'm there. Maybe two. You know, it just sure. depends on um, what I'm but doing. It's, I'll know. do two if the first one was good. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thing. If the first one kind of sucks or it's just like whatever. I'm like, oh, you go got this. Go-to, you got right? this from the guy who told you to make it or whatever. Yeah. It's not. It's not the it's not the uh-huh. it's not the main the, the main bartender tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then uh then I know to usually switch to something a little more simple for for that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Cocktail time? Um yeah, so cocktail um cocktail time, that's our if we had a graphic it would sure, sure. Cocktail time. <laughs> cocktail time. And that's the song. Um so we we're, we, we're still we're still uh talking to uh Disney about the uh DuckTales theme song cuz we want to put that as our uh, We can play time. like less than 30 <laughs> seconds of it. Ooh, I think, right? <laughs> we can't play anything recognizable. Hey man, Gizmo Duck was the best. Oh my Gizmo god. Gizmo Duck. Did Come you guys on. know that that all is on the, their app the now. Disney Plus. I have commercials are yeah, you kidding yeah. me? Mandalorian is such a good show. Oh, oh I, Dude, I, I feel I like these guys are just getting free advertisement right now. They, they are. They <laughs> are. But I, you know what? If, if that means that they're going to keep giving John Favreau money to make <coughs> episodes <clears throat> about Boba Fett's. Family. Oh, then, dude. Then I'm cool with it, man. Oh. I, I love that. You, show. you know That's they're great. coming out with uh, Ewan McGregor next year, right? He's yeah, Obi Wan. I saw that. Right? Yeah. yeah and I saw that, that they like he kept it a secret for a really long time. He did. He said like there. four years, yeah. and he like had an interview and was just like, "Oh my god, I can finally say something mm-hmm. because I don't have to keep it secret anymore." I, so fun fact: I, today I beat the the new Star Wars game, like the 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 Fallen Order. Fallen Order? Yeah. Nobody cares. No, I, I just finished the storyline today, and it takes place <laughs> oh in between God. in between the, the first and second trailer. and I slice people in half. Peter, don't act like you don't care about Star Wars. I'll punch you in the nuts. Yeah. Who wouldn't want a lightsaber? You'll on, have to man. call my wife. She has them. <laughs> I'll punch you where they're supposed to be. Okay. It still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, cocktail time. Cocktail we, time. We, jump, we start cocktail time with the history of the cocktail. And so, today... Scotty Diaz, um, we're doing one of your cocktails, um, so we which I'm really excited about. about right? The cocktail is Stay Gold. Stay Gold, yeah. Um, and I, so that's I've, I've seen you talking about it. I've uh-huh. seen you posting about it. I made one this week because you gave me the ingredients, and so I went out and bought all the ingredients, and, and I figured out, to the best of my knowledge, how to how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of want to hear what what's going on with Stay Gold. What's the whole story behind all of this? And, and yeah, tell us the cocktail. Yeah, well, you know, I'm really excited about this one. So Stay Gold um, is a cocktail that I developed um, for uh, Bacardi Legacy. So I'm one of the 16 U.S. finalists mm-hmm. uh, for Bacardi Legacy this year. Uh, awesome. If you don't know Bacardi Legacy, it's gosh, one of the largest uh, cocktail competitions in the world. Um, I actually competed in it oh God, probably about three or four years ago um didn't make it past the regionals and and this year i was lucky enough to make it in the finals mm-hmm. and so uh my cocktail is called stay gold so one of the things behind it is creating your legacy mm-hmm. so stay gold if you guys you know have uh, give you a little history about it so the idea comes behind uh robert frost's uh, poem nothing That's gold can stay. stay from the outsiders <laughs> from the outsiders Which i gotta say uh, or technically outsiders got it from him first but no, yeah the robert frost poem from they the made outsiders. it uh, they, they, famous, read, they read his poem in the yes. movie in the book yeah so the idea behind the the poem if you don't know well it, it basically is a poem about how nothing stays the same you know you lose mm-hmm. your innocence and things change over time that yeah. nothing can stay gold so and, and everybody knows the quote stay gold pony boy stay gold pony boy um so, <laughs> so when I made this cocktail, um, 
building my legacy um, is about staying gold. So I think in this industry, you know, when we were talking about earlier, um, you know, I think a lot of people get jaded over time in the industry, and especially with, uh, you know, this is one of the best times to be in the bar world. I mean, you can get any ingredient you want pretty much nowadays. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all these amazing techniques out there. People are creating new stuff. I mean, you see centrifuges being used. You know, everybody's doing the clarify cocktail. Bro. You know, but... I'm, I'm telling you, at some point, yeah. though, the problem is that I think everybody has sort of lost their innocence. You know, I mean, like, you know, you and I, you know, I I grew up slinging Cosmos and mm. Lemon Drops and, you know, those I kind of things. I made a Lemon Drop and... the other day and I was like, <laughs> You know lemon what, drops. though? If you do it right, <laughs> you can make a really it's good kind one. of fun, I though. Make a, I used to make one out of my craft cocktail bar with an egg white and, like, berries. Oh, did you? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It See, was fucking delightful. See, but that's the whole so point good. of the yeah, cocktail, He sent me this you know? video of him making this, like, it generic Lemon drop? And oh, yeah. And, 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 lemon lemon drop. Drop. and I was like, <laughs> that looks Peter, fucking delicious. <laughs> Peter was trying to do something for his mom, and he's like, how do you make a lemon drop? And I was, so I was like, here, let me show you how to make, like, four different lemon drops. Yes. <laughs> so he says, like, like, his wife, like, okay, do I get, which one do I get to drink? <laughs> she, she drank <laughs> all four of them. This side or this side? Mm-hmm. No, so for, for when developing the cocktail, you know, that, I think that for me, that was part of, you know, my legacy is because of, I've experienced that growing up in the industry. You know, I've, I've always kind of developed craft cocktails, but you know, I've, I've done it within my own confines of what my style is, and it's mm-hmm. you know really contemporary. You know, again, growing up and slinging Cosmos and, and mm-hmm. lemon drops. You know, I, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where I don't know if you guys have experienced, but there's a lot of bars out there that are you know amazing. They do amazing things, but if somebody was to go in and say, "Hey, can I get a Cosmo?" They sort of stop and look at yeah. you and just like you know you get give that, you that sneer. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, that's not what we do, and I think right. we've lost that aspect of what we do in the industry, which is taking care of people the and being able to create like yeah. drinks, great drinks from what you have, what from whatever you mm-hmm. know. So I mean, it's a personal um, integrity. It is right? a personal integrity. So I, you know, for me, you know, I've always tried to style my drinks to where I feel that you know I'm using a lot of craft ingredients and, and techniques, but yet you know I'm kind of staying true to where I came from. Mm-hmm. So stay gold is a reflection of that. And so I love it. What I developed for it was using Bacardi uh, Carta Blanca, which is you know Bacardi's original uh, rum. A lot um, of people know it as Bacardi Silver, uh, but it's Bacardi Superior. It's Bacardi Superior. Yeah. Uh, I mean, originally this was you know crafted in in Cuba, mm-hmm. you know, but the uh, Bacardi family, unfortunately, during the revolution and uh, Castro times, they had to, they were excised mm-hmm. from or exiled from uh, Cuba, and so they found their homes in in the uh, Caribbean, uh, Puerto Rico being. The main area, um, and only recently, you know, if like all the things that have been happening, you know, they they've been able to, you know, bring back to their roots, you know, their Cuban roots and like that. And sure. so, you know, t- this rum is highly recognizable. It's a fantastic uh, mixable uh, silver rum. Mm-hmm. You know, notes of vanilla. Yeah, it's um, you know, if you're buying smooth, a silver rum, it's it's the it's, it's the gold standard. I, I, n- you know, nine times I, out of ten, it's the one you grab. Exactly. I feel like. Yeah. So oh, you yeah. know, I really wanted to create a cocktail. You know, that you could find the rum in any any bar around the world. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and it's easily accessible. Um, kind of going back to my roots of like those Cosmos and those lemon drops, uh, you know, I wanted to reach for something that I thought was just a really polarizing ingredient in, in the cocktail world, I, especially craft wanna, cocktail. Midori. I want to, I want to <laughs> take a second and just, <laughs> I love that you use Midori. Like Midori is something that I haven't seen in the bar for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was one of those things like early on that was just in every bar you always went oh, yeah. in. And you would, you know, use a half ounce in every mm-hmm. apple teeny that someone ordered. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Or melon ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but, and it was kind of one of those things that you grew to, de- grew to detest. Right? Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, fucking Midori. 
But like, <laughs> you brought it back, and I was like, oh my god, he's making a drink of Midori. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so now I have Midori in my cabinet, and I'm doing like I was actually talking about doing like a spicy melon margarita. Where yeah. So we're getting a bottle mm-hmm. of Midori like in the next week or so because I'm gonna start playing around with it. Well, um, you know, I think it's a lot more complex. Than people give it. To, you it, know, create, it really. I mean, it's, it's definitely you know. I mean, it got it's got mm-hmm. it got its start in was it Studio Fifty Four or whatever it was. Yeah. You know? And so. Uh, well, it sat on the shelf next to Apple Pucker for oh so my long. God. It lost so, credibility. It right? did. It's such a pretty bottle, you know, you know. But but it sat next to an ugly bottle yeah, forever. Yeah. But it's a it's a great to me. You know, it's a great ingredient. And, and, mm-hmm. and for me, you know, growing up in the industry and you know making a lot of drinks from you know ingredients that a lot of you know craft bartenders may sneer at nowadays. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's just like you know, I don't. I love that. Again, man. I don't. I don't craft necessarily just for myself. I craft mm-hmm. for what I think people are going to enjoy. And so, you know, I mean, it's made from yabari and musk melons and uh, Japanese mm-hmm. uh, melons. And, you know, there's a uh, little floralness to it. It's not mm-hmm. cloyingly sweet, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it yeah, it's not a sugar a, bomb at yeah, all. It's, it's just bomb. really good so flavor. When you use them right, you know, I think that there's a lot of different ingredients out there that you can utilize that may not be considered craft per se. Mm-hmm. We just got to know how to kind of use them and, and what you're using them in and, and the flavor profile you're trying to get out. And it gives you a really cool neon green color, too. Which and it is does. Fun. Like you know? It adds like this this weird fluorescent mm-hmm. like that's fun but know. it is fun and i think so that's, it's a fun again, visual along with a, like a really nice complex flavor to, you know staying gold is like mm-hmm. you know, getting back to just having it's part fun, of what you know? makes it's it part gold. of what makes yeah. it great you know and, and, and cheeky and, and whimsical mm-hmm. uh you know and then from there you know I, I started thinking about you know what else can i do in this that i think that you know people have really sort of just like have that polarizing feeling about now it's mm-hmm. like sour mix i was like oh my god it's like any bartender you know that would say worth a you know grain of salt We'll just say like all oh, sour mix is just it's shit. It's garbage. It's, it's sugar, it's sugar, sugar, and lemon sugar juice and a bit or whatever. Of a bit of lemon, yeah. You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But I think you know, like anything, and I, you know, Robert Hess, I think, said it in his books is like you know, it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. you know, once you start using sour mix. And I, I, I agree, but I also think like, well, you're just not using it right. Because uh, yeah. part of it is like it has to have a purpose. True. And so you know, when I was thinking about you know, I wanted to incorporate a sour mix, but I wanted something that was unique and, it's part and of, different. It's part of bar know? history and part of the character, yeah. whether you like it or not. It's 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 a flavor that is synonymous with the bar, the sour mix. It, you know, it's one of those things that I, I tell the story. I had a bartender one time, and I remember when I was trying to trying to get rid of sour mix in one of my of my bar programs. You know, and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, we're gonna stop using sour mix. You know, we're <laughs> just gonna use you know, just sugar and lemon juice. And so like, you know, I had this bartender, you know, before I said that he came up and he's just like, Scott, he's like, we can't get rid of sour mix. And I'm like, well, why dude? And he's like, how the hell else am I going to make a fucking whiskey sour? Yeah. I, I am not joking. I, I about you. lost it. And, uh, you know, I was just like, it's one of those moments that you just, if you just slap your hand on your face and just drag it down. Mm. But again, you know, I mean, looking back, you know, I can say like just how stupid of a moment that was, but I, but it's not though. Cause if you yeah. think about it, it was so entrenched in how we make drinks mm-hmm. that every drink recipe from like 1960 to up to like, you know, the mid nineties, you wouldn't see lemon juice and sour. fresh. It's sour. Mix. Sour. It's just sweet, sour, and sour, yeah. sweet and sour or sour, sour mix, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so it, it really got it me thinking about, you know, it's something that culture. it's grained in the culture, mm-hmm. you know, it was, and it was a, it was bartenders a, that have been clear fast food of the bar in 30 years. They never used fresh lemon juice a lot mm-hmm. of times and like sugar syrup or yeah. just sugar. Well, so I think it's, you know, to me, I wanted to kind of bring that back, you know, yeah, it's, again, sure. it's that nostalgia, but it's also, you know, something that kind of yeah. you know, a, a crap bartender, you know, might look at me like, really? But so, yeah. so in this, you're, 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 we're talking sour mix. Tr- traditional sour mix is like lemon, lime, simple syrup. Yeah, pretty much. Lemon, lime, simple um, syrup or lemon, any is, is that, is that the path we're taking in this drink? So it's a little bit. So I want to take that path there, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to add in a, a, a really sort of uh, tropical, um, you know, and, and, and. 
different route. So mm-hmm. I used a uh, yuzu juice, mm-hmm. which uh, I have yuzu here. So yuzu is a is used a lot in Asian cooking and, and, and cocktails, Japanese, Japanese especially. Fruit, yeah. um, the yuzu has this sort of lemon lime and like hints of like tangerine. It's like a it's like a lemon but less aggressive. Exactly. Right. So it's it's a really great juice. Very tough to find though, mm-hmm. uh, but you can find you know you've got Amazon. Like Challenge you said, accepted, you got, you got, bro. I told you. We've got Wajamaya. Yeah, I made my own batch just because I wanted plug. to drink this drink um, before you came here. So I thought you know I, I thought especially you know using a, a Japanese ingredient traditionally mm-hmm. a Japanese ingredient you yeah know, it's made with the rest, Japanese but, melon liqueur um, with the Japanese melon liqueur. I love that it grows together. That was, that was really unique, mm-hmm. um, and the flavor profile I, I think was something that because I, when I used to make sour mix, and I you know I ain't gonna lie, I still do for certain reasons, you know, and, and certain programs because I think it's a, again what works best for where you're at and mm-hmm. and and for your guests, you know, I'd sure. always put in like a little orange in, in my sour mix just as yeah. a little hint in there, mm-hmm. and so that, I really think that usually you know incorporate a lot of those flavor profiles. It's got that softness, um, but instead of like just it. using regular sugar syrup or even going to Demerara or, mm-hmm. or something else, you know, I, I decided to do um, a very uh, tiki focused uh, part of it, and that would be mm. falernum. Yeah. So I don't know Look if, it, if people never used like falernum before. Oh man, it's th- this right here. It was a lost ingredient for a lot of tiki drinks, you know, up until. Mm-hmm. You know that the big revision back. You know, for what the last, is like, with that? So falernum traditionally, what it is, it's 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 a, a syrup Tra- or a liqueur. Vic? Yeah, yeah, Vic Vergeron. You know, yeah. developed this, and so what it was originally comprised of was uh, sugar syrup, usually demerara, um, or, or that dark, it's a dark like, molasses, dark molasses sugar. Okay. So it's just yeah. less refined. Um, holds more of that molasses character to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have clove. Um, there would be ginger, almond, uh, orange flower water, mm-hmm. um, and then like uh, lime zest. And so those are usually the, the main components of it. And so it's really Lots of classic, lot of classic old, in, old bar ingredients. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. th- different versions of zombies have to learn them. If you want to make a legit Mai Tai, you know? like, it's got like a bunch of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, all those things like in there, you know. So uh, to me, it was just like, you know, I'm making this drink, you know. And, and when I was crafting this cocktail, you know, first cocktail, I think a lot of us when we're making a cocktail, we have a – a sort of canvas or, or, or a, a, a base cocktail that we think about, you know, and structure from there, you know, so mine was the daiquiri, you know, classic daiquiri yeah. is just rum, lime and sugar for mm-hmm. the most part. And that's it. And so when I was making this, I was thinking to myself, okay, I kind of want to follow those guidelines, but I want to kind of bring it up to a little bit more contemporary level. Mm-hmm. So I used a uh, falernum and, and yuzu, you know, again, I think it's something where I'm using some ingredients and styles that, you know, I think modern craft bartenders again kind of sneered at mm-hmm. but at the same time you know i'm finding ways to make them fun again and, yeah. and to make it interesting yeah. and to where you know you might be a little bit more excited about wanting to using this in your in your craft bar or even even in a dive bar mm-hmm. you know that's kind of like the idea behind this I mean, even if you can't find yuzu you know there are other ways to kind of mimic those flavors you can get you know some lime juice some lemon juice like mm-hmm. a little 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 orange in there and you can mimic that flavor you know uh, that falerman you can make yourself you can buy this almost anywhere i i use this when i was crafting very it. oh it's herbaceous awesome, it's, it's, it's nice. great it's stuff awesome. you know i found in a lot of the bars that i've worked in over the last decade that, that our sour mix and the one i currently work in is it's a, it's a lemon lime hint of orange like yeah. that that's that's pretty i feel like that's the way that we've all kind of leaned and, and i mean mm-hmm. Just, just to even match that easy flavor. Well, it's, it's finding that balance, you mm-hmm. know, and that a lot of those. Flavors yeah, the, the in orange adds you a little bit of sweetness without mm-hmm. adding too much sugar to it, too. Exactly. Right? So you can or add less. Acid. Yeah, we'll add. We'll add in my restaurant now. We'll add agave syrup because mm-hmm. it's a Mexican bar, and yeah. we're just trying to keep everything legit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it just it still requires less yeah. if you just have a little bit of that sugary orange to it, which is nice. Yeah. So you know, when again trying to craft this cocktail and staying gold, as you will. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, I I I, I thought it was a integral uh ingredient that mm-hmm. would really kind of 
set itself apart, you know, from just like everything else out there. Yeah. So, you know, again, we went with the Bacardi, Carta Blanca, the, the uh, Midori. Oh, it's great. I love that stuff. Uh, that's, Flarenum, that's, awesome. that's the clove. Some, uh, yeah. Yuzu. Oh, no, there's a lot of clove there. And then, uh, like, you know, one of the like things, Christmas. you know, so when crafting a cocktail, I always think about, you know, the five cents I think about salty, sweet, sour, bitter, umami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I started looking at these components, you know, I got my sweet, I got my, my, my sour, mm-hmm. you know, um, salty, you know, I, I, I look towards uh, obviously salt, but you know, I, what I went to was a salt solution. So just, uh, salt and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think salt is a highly underutilized ingredient in cocktails, mm-hmm. you know, and when people think salt, they just think on margarita. Yeah. Right? Salt know, on and, the rim. But salt on the rim. But yeah. you know, it, what it does is, I mean, salt has been used for thousands of years. It's one of the mm-hmm. very, it's one of the first Pinch of salt in this ways to that. enhance flavors. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's about. It's not necessarily giving you that salty aspect what it does is it enhances other flavors so when mm-hmm. you use a little bit of salt solution here i use about two to three drops mm-hmm. uh it, in the cocktail it really opens up and blooms all the other flavors you yeah. know the majority the floralness kind of blooms a little bit more the citrus pops more mm-hmm. in there because you're you know, covering the palate exactly you know? so and you're creating the, contrast the, the, the rum your, sort of yeah. like settles and smooths out you know and you get mm-hmm. the, the vanilla tones really come out more you know absolutely um so i thought it was a, a really great way to incorporate a, a flavor profile without actually adding an ingredient that has flavor it just helps mm-hmm. everything else sort of like you know come together um and then you know a classic served up for a daiquiri um and i thought you know what is it that can really tie us together so i was you know i have the aspect of the salty the sweet the sour the you know where's the bitter and the umami and mm. so i was thinking i was like you know bitters but i'm like you know thinking about flavor profiles and things like that and i was like oh my gosh i was like pineapple and celery Mm-hmm. It's just two ingredients that work so well together. They really, I think do, a too. lot of people don't see that flavor profile combination that much, yeah. you know. But it is like you know, the the pineapple adds a little bit of acid in there, but a, a little bit of sweetness as well. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of gives it a freshness. Uh, yeah. It creates a body. Mm-hmm. So when you it shake that it up, that viscosity, to it. Yeah. The fo- it foams up quite mm-hmm. nicely without having to use things like egg white and things like mm-hmm. that. And then the celery adds that umami aspect, you know, mm-hmm. adds that a little bit of vegetable character crispness, you know, to the cocktail. So, you know, I just brought all these flavor profiles together. And, you know, again, it's <clears throat> to me when, when making this drink, it was all about bringing things together that I think that bartenders can get excited about uh, at all levels. Mm-hmm. You know, so whether or not if you're somebody who works in a chain restaurant or if you work in a, a, a really uber craft uh, bar, you can get excited about a lot of these ingredients because they're either familiar or there's something that you have used before mm-hmm. and that you know how these flavor profiles work together. Yeah. Um, but you can, it can really reach out to a, a, a whole level of, uh, of, of guests out there, you know, there's yeah. because it's, it's familiar. So you're thinking daiquiri, you think Omidori and you think, you know, sour mix and like that. Mm. So you get somebody who you're just drinks those, those lemon drops and those yeah. Cosmos and stuff like that. They can look at me like, that sounds interesting. But then you hear things like celery and, you know, salt, and you're just like, huh, you know, that's that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. thinking it's a margarita or whatever it may be. So it was really a way for me to kind of capture. It's a good, sort of, uh, it's know, a good gateway item, cocktail. A gateway cocktail, yeah. you know, but it's it's a serious cocktail, but it's mm-hmm. a playful cocktail. It's a whimsical cocktail. It's, it's cocktail enough to get people's about. attention who, like, wouldn't mm-hmm. know so much about cocktails, but it's, like, it's good enough and it's complex enough to really spark their interest for something else, too. Absolutely. Well, and, I'm just, know, I'm listening to you talk about all this stuff, and I'm looking at all the ingredients mm-hmm. and the, the little bottles that you have here and everything, and I'm just like, damn you have put a lot of thought and energy yeah. into this and this is a well thought out cocktail yeah. i am looking forward to watching well, again, you I make think it's this about and, that, that passion, and trying right? it i mean that's what i love doing and yeah. again you know in every cocktail i make whether it's three ingredients or eight ingredients honestly you know I'm, I'm thinking about you know what works well and why am i making this and who am i making this for and yeah. what's the purpose behind it and so that's yeah. what beauty about the bacardi legacy competition was an uh an 
opportunity for me to be able to express that and, and bring out, you know, my talent and my, you know, um, sort of feeling of how I look at drinks and how I approach drinks and, and why I do it, you know, and again, you know, it's being able to tell a story and, mm-hmm. and get people excited and say, you know, we, we have a lot of amazing ingredients out there. We got a lot of amazing bartenders out there. The techniques are, are there. Um, but you know, we've lost sort of that, you know, that innocence and that, you know, mm-hmm. idea of hospitality, you know, yeah. I mean, there's some of the best bartenders out there are not the guys who are sitting there and like I said, clarifying punches and like that. They're the guys that can sit there and tell you what the game was like and mm-hmm. what the score is like and be able to talk to you and, and tell a story. And, and that's what we do. You know, it's yeah. all those things combined, you know, and if you and can be, be that guy and then to figure people. out how to make a decent Manhattan, I'll, I'll <laughs> hang out in your bar once a week. You know, but it's there. I mean, even at the at the place I'm at, you know, it's not mm-hmm. we're not a craft bar, but you know, we do dabble in that. You know, we do bring some of those aspects. I, I mean, we have a lemon drop on our our on our uh, uh, menu. Mm-hmm. We have a Cosmo on our menu, but we have a Manhattan too. And you know, it's just being able to do some of those techniques. I mean, our bartenders stir, you know, mm-hmm. those cocktails, and you know, they I, I feel like use every a lot bar of has bitters and to stuff have and craft, craft concepts at least. Yeah. And that's just giving a shit a little bit about how you make a drink and paying a little more yeah. attention to the history of it and knowing when to stir and when to shake and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know. And th- those little things, like, set your bar, like, like, like head and shoulders above, mm-hmm. you know, the same, you know, the same bar in your yeah. chain, you know, in the town over that doesn't know that. And it's really just, just getting that knowledge in your bartender's heads about their craft and really yeah. kind of what. Well, it's like you said, giving a shit, right? It's, it's, and, well, here's it's, the thing. That's the big and thing is just giving, is just a, giving shit. a shit. And, and that's give the thing about this cocktail. The, the whole point is to break down those barriers, you mm-hmm. know, and think about that cof- cocktail status quo, you know, okay. what makes a craft and the craft cocktail and, you know, bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, just how powerful that would be if like every bartender or bar started really embracing that, you know, of just yeah. like where things would go and, you know, how we would really view what a craft cocktail is and how we structure our cocktails and how we take care of our guests and, you know, I think that a lot of restaurants and, and bars have a lot to uh, um, learn from that and be able to grow and really brand that out there and, and get back into what we do best is hospitality. I love that, man. That's that's going to lead us into our next section after the drink um, where we talk about improving the industry and, and, and raising that bar and, yeah. being, and being the standard that other people mm-hmm. strive for. That's one of the reasons we do this podcast is so we can take our message and educate those young dummies that don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> so that's a let's, let's, uh, good segue into actually having this cocktail. All right, let's make yeah, some drinks, you, you huh? Let's, uh, about it. I'm thirsty. Let's, let's, let's do, do this. cocktails and bathroom breaks. <laughs> <laughs> On the next segment. Yeah. <laughs> During this pause, we are sipping on delicious beer from Iron Horse. You can find all of our videos on our website. And just a reminder, if you would like to get your name out there or become a sponsor, go to our website and send us an email. So these, so I made these, yeah. So when I do events like that, mm. I hand these oh, out. Oh, got the recipe on, on the back. Recipes on the back. I love it. I should have just looked at this when I was trying to make it. I, I, I forgot about that. I have it memorized now, though. I've made it four times. <laughs> <laughs> no, this uh, this drink is delicious. I mean, you got the tartness. You got the sweetness. Mm-hmm. You got the the all those complexities, the herb, herbal notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you got, like, it's the absolutely The celery on the nose, and then it finishes, like, yeah. just, yeah, with that. it's delightful. Thank you. Yeah, it's like that celery salt smell, the kind of brininess, mm-hmm. and then it's just like this... Sweet melony. Mm. 
Yeah, it's it's yeah. like a it's a it's a round full drink, but it's pretty it's, interesting. Like I said, when it, you see, it, it tax like depending all on your the tongue. juice you get, though, huh? It's like completely mm. it can be a different drink, and I think yeah. that's like any cocktail you make. And you know, a lot of the guys out there when they're especially in the recipes you read, you know, they'll put a specific brand in there because of depending on the flavor profile you're going for. Yeah, you know, you might want something that's a little bit more tart or maybe if it's like you know brown bitter stirred it might have more of those like oaky notes to it versus like a different spirit mm. you know even though it's the same type of spirit different brand yeah. so i mean is you get really in depth you know but like i said mm. at the end of the day you know when i'm making the drink you know any one of these will make a great drink yeah. um you know i do recommend going with a little bit more of the traditional japanese yuzu that you can find it's a little bit more expensive as, uh, as, you get as, that, that as close flavor. to like original as you can right mm-hmm. yeah. that's the, it's, that's, it's that's, so that's, I feel like that's the key with like flavor for anything. Like, yeah. if, if if you can find something from where it's grown, that's mm-hmm. usually the best way to taste it. Yeah. <laughs> but like with me, like if I'm like the yuzu I used for this particular presentation, uh, the first one I did, you know, that one I would add probably a little bit more fresh juice to it, like lemon and lime. Uh, I'm depending just to get up to that tartness to brighten again, it. brighten it up a little yeah. bit, you know, because the first press, second press, there's a pretty significant difference sure. uh, in that tart profile. Mm-hmm. And again, like drinking an original daiquiri, you want that tart sort of like sugar flavor. You don't want sugar. Right. You know? Yeah. You want it to be sweet, but you don't want to like feel it. Exactly. Right? So like you mm-hmm. want it to like finish light and clean. Like, light and clean and crisp. and That like fruitiness there. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. Yeah, this is That's nice. Thanks, guys. That really? was yeah, yeah, Thank you for making Very no delicious yeah. drink. And I'm... I'm uh, Excited to see how you do yeah. in this competition. So I, I got to know, you know, you you you've done everything from packing parachutes to uh, washing dishes, and you know those other things like bartending. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your favorite stories? Oh gosh, you know that that that's where you get kind of put on the spot. There, favorite stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'd have to say probably like the best ones were like working the late night, you know. And I think it's just uh, having those. Uh, when I was, I probably say, oh, let's see, when I was working at Gandhi, can I say Gandhi's? Yeah, Gandhi's. I don't oh, know yeah, still I worked around. there. Gandhi's? We yeah. both worked there. Yeah, that we was like one of there. my first right. bartending spots. Oh, God, Gandhi's. So, yeah, I did yeah, that. Uh, I, bar- no, I, bar- <laughs> I was the bar manager there. And uh, I was there. God, I only had, had to be there for we a while. We both lot, worked at a man. couple places. Yeah. <laughs> we worked at three different places. Three different places. Yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. One time together and two other places at different times. Gandhi's was probably... That happens in Silver Dove, The worst experience of my career, simply for the fact of yeah. it was more of that club experience. Yeah, know? same. And I, if ever, nobody's ever worked in a club atmosphere, it is a different beast. Well, that, it's like, that. The, it's also club in a Navy town. Oh, so it's like, yeah. it's not just a nightclub. It's a nightclub that's 95% dudes trying yeah. to get laid by five by five percent girls it's like, the, was it, it's like ladies nights on wednesdays it was always like 95 yeah. percent guys right and oh the ladies just, nights like, were the worst all testosterone yeah the guys um, yeah. would pay double just to get Jeez. in on ladies night that's yeah <laughs> i'm getting laid DJ tonight night, you know that's the nights where the dj night was the guy that you pay mm-hmm. 150 bucks to and all he would do is hit Playlist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Playlist makes it drink a Corona for two hours. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I think like, you know, for that one is like, you know, I remember, you know, one night, you know, that, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody has this story, but it was a freaking Saturday night. You're just, you're slammed, you know, that that's a small space. It probably only holds technically like 50 people, but you're at like, you know, hundred people capacity that you're not yeah. supposed to be at, you know, fire hazard and whatnot. <laughs> and I remember this guy, 
this is a terrible story, but I remember this guy <laughs> came up. You know, Dude, he, was, uh, he was having, he was having a few, few, few drinks and whatnot, you know, and I won't say how many, you know, but yeah, quite a few. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, like he comes up and just belligerent, right? Just like, yeah, 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 he's, you mean them, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what he's saying. Oh, you know? yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh I don't speak drunkenese right now, sir. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just like, he was just, just awful, you know, just belligerent. Um, you know, slurring his words completely. You know, I'm just like, yeah, bro, you're you're done. You know, yeah, you, I, think I think we're good. Let's get you a cab here. You know, what's your, <laughs> you know, what's your address or whatever like that. You know, and so he's just sitting there and he's like, just you know, he give me a yank. I'm in pain. Verbatim, right there. Um, um, so like, you know, I'm just like, I, I yeah, no, I think, I think, I think we're good. You know, and so the guy's just sitting there and he's just like, you know, swimming, swimming, talking. You know, you're just like, oh my god, this is the his, guy. This guy got to toss out, right? I get my my bouncer come over, throw this guy out, right? And so he's sitting there, and he's like saying something. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, right? I'm just like, dude, you're done. You know, we're, I think we're good. I'm happy to get you a cab. You know, whatever. And so he disappears for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. I'm like, thank God, this guy's gone. You know, I told like uh, my bouncer, hey, can you watch where this guy's going? Just make sure, you know, he gets into, you know, and gets into a cab or whatever it may be, you know, put him in the back of his car, sleep it off. Um, so he's gone for like 10 or 15 minutes, right? And I think everything's dandy, you know, and comes back and here he is again. I'm like, shit, this guy's fucking back. How the fuck did he get back in here? Well, apparently he never left. So he's coming up to the bar and he just showed up again. He's coming to the bar, you know, he's just like, laying, just, the guy's just staring at me. Just like he's got that that dead stare. You know, he's like <laughs> he's mad at you now. Mad at me. Yeah, he's so like, mean. The mean bartender, jerk, right? Just jerk. Cut him, him off. off. You know. And <laughs> he's sitting there, and he's like, I could see him wanting to say something, you know. And he's like putting his hand mm-hmm. up, and he's like, like, okay, what, what are you gonna yeah. do? Processing. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks over, swimming. <laughs> you know. I'm just like I don't know. You focus on me. Focus on me, brother. <laughs> and so you know, it's he's just like, there's just like one me. And so I'm like, dude, wh- what's up? What do you need? I told you you're done. He just looks blast everywhere. He goes up all over the fucking bar, top right. It goes, and mind you, where I'm at is right at the fucking well. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So this guy fucking throws oh, up in your well? into the well oh. with all the ice. So I'm just That's worse than glass. Man. Just piss. Yeah, it's worse than glass. At least glass, you're like... You know what's up with glass? Yeah, it can you cut can, you. I don't know what the hell is up with this guy. I don't mind touching broken glass. I don't want to touch the inside of that guy's stomach. So like just all over, right? And it's oh. just like, and it's just projectile, just going, you know. And it's like the bad night. We've mm-hmm. all been there. Yeah, we've all not thrown up in the fucking well before, but we've all <laughs> yeah. been there. At least yeah, we're right. adults. So you know, he's just all over the place. Fortunately, I and I'm just like, I've that's it, done. My bouncer goes, fucking grabs him, takes him the fuck outside. I don't know what happens from there. I'm mm-hmm. assuming he throws him to the curb, literally, you know. Hopefully he was hurt. And I'm like, fuck, you know. this. And this is right now. This is probably around like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Like mm-hmm. When you're at your your. Yeah, that, that's, you that's know, not a slow like, time in the That's not the slow time at the clubs, right? Yeah, so that's when everybody's the club. Really, really I use that term up. loosely here in Silverdale, Washington. The club. But, you know, so he's he kicked the de- curb. So I'm just like, fuck. So I'm sitting there. You know, I probably spent the next, I don't know, 20 minutes or so cleaning this up, man. We're talking, mm-hmm. you know, I got hot water, all the, the sanitizer, burning mm-hmm. the ice. Bleach, you know, I'm like throwing, throwing, throwing the bottles outside. You know, we're done. So my bar, my 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 uh, 
bouncer comes back and he's like, Hey Scotty. I'm like, what's up, dude? I'm like, uh, it's like, yeah, the guy's gone. Right. Oh like, yeah. 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 He goes, we got a problem though. I'm like, well, what's the problem? I'm like, he's gone. Right. I've been sitting here for 20 minutes. Fucking clean this bro. I don't know what mm. problem. Yeah, what other problem, what other problem, problem we got right now? <laughs> so he's like, so that guy, right. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're gonna have to send somebody to the bathroom. And I'm just like, what? Oh, no. What? And I'm like, fuck, dude. He Bro. threw up on the fucking. You let him. You know. let him go to. So the that's bathroom? where he was gone. Apparently Push for the fit, ten, fifteen minutes, oh, right? No. He got past and went to the bathroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a terrible story to tell. But like, yeah, no, So he's like, uh, these are, these are so I go in there, right? <laughs> no, bro, we're talking vomit mm. and other bodily fluids, just all oh, over, no. everywhere. He's just having just time. having the time. He's like a fucking. Oh, like, I mean, we're like, talking like a, like, like a puppy with diarrhea. It's like it's like watching one of those like you know, <laughs> a like, professional drunk living his best oh, life. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was like, it was like one of those raunchy like uh, comedy movies, right? You know, oh, where it's, it's like, like, like a, a. I mean, it's just like where, where you think it's, watch, you, you think it's Hollywood. You think it's Hollywood, and you're it's like, no, Hollywood. no, this has happened like, in this life, is real life. somewhere. And it's, I mean, just like you know, when the guy, when everybody's like, like a Monty Python spray scene. Apparently, he couldn't find the stall. Yeah. Anyway, oh. it was just it was just gross. He just dude. aimed I mean, it. We're just at aimed, the aimed, aimed the anus everywhere, and aimed his mouth mm. everywhere. It was, it was horrible. Dude. So like you know, I was just like delicious, awesome. Delicious. And you know, so you know, <laughs> thinking about barbacks, you know, that's a fun one. You send your bar back into there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't remember if he came back the next day. That's how you earn your. Ch- oh <laughs> that, I oh I man, like, no, fuck the, you. those scenarios are <laughs> how barbacks earn their chops. <laughs> I think that's the worst. Like just in terms of like one of those nights where just the perfect storm of just the belligerent guy. Right? Liter- literally, uh, should the he's a dickhead. He puked in the well. Puked in the well. And also ruined. The you know, ruins. Oh. I mean, it's just it, it, that was probably like one of my worst experiences. You know, behind the bar. I mean, I, you know, we've all had the drunk mm. guy, right? We've all had a guy. We have the yeah. We have the guy that wants to fight you. That was the worst yeah. guy. That, that that's the worst guy because of the guy that wants to fight you. You don't have to do anything. No. You're just like, whatever. You it's a felony to hit me, yeah. bro. You send like, them away. I mean, I've had that over at, at Elliot's of all places. Punch like, me in the mouth. I had a guy threaten, you. threaten myself and my bartender, you know, because we cut him off. And that's whatever. You're just like, that's you, you can say all you want. I can have a guy here in probably like 15 minutes when you mm-hmm. threaten that actually, like, you know, physically harm me. But, yeah. like, just in terms of just a night where mm-hmm. you're just knee deep in shit. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally and, shit. And, you know, metaphorically, it's just like God. Yeah, that's one of the. That's probably one of the worst ones. I guess I didn't. The, I didn't that's one of the nights that makes you question yeah. your career. Oh, like, it where, is. where you're just like, am I doing this for am a I reason? Do, what am I doing this for? Why am I here? But then at the end of the night, when you count your tips, you're like, ah, fuck, it was a, it was worth it. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I'll give props to anybody who can stay in the club atmosphere oh. for more than like six months. Yeah. I mean, I, I've I been there a few years. I mean, dude, you you put up with some. Some crap. I, I did every, almost every night. Yeah. I mean, when I was there, I was only there for probably like the, one or two months, you know. And I'm just like, I yeah. just couldn't, yeah. couldn't, man. I did, I did the club twice. <laughs> it's like I worked in two different clubs, and that was enough. I was like, this just isn't the kind of bartender I want to be. It's just not no. that. I don't know. I mean, like, the second one I worked in, I lost my job there because the nightclub shut down because someone was murdered there. No, so that's it was like one, it was like uh that's, that's, that's where you might trump mine. Yeah. <laughs> well that's 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 just kind of where you start thinking about, you know, where you're where working you're and what you're doing and your future and okay, I want to have a life, so I'm going to try to work yeah. in a place that people don't shoot each other in. Tough part of of that. That's probably my worst story I can think of. Um 
that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, man. At least one I I probably would want to share. Fun (laughs) story. Well, complete anonymity, so share whatever you want. Uh, this this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. It's where we do the improve the industry and the teachable yes. moments. Uh-huh. It's our teachable moments yes. episode. So teachable moments. It start it started out as bitch fest where we would just sit there and be like people suck, meh, meh, meh. and I was like this sucks, man. Like let's let's find a way to be constructive with it. Like how how can we like you know take this energy and and try to tell people in a in a in a constructive way like what they're doing is not right mm-hmm. and and uh, you know so teachable moments I, li- I like to i like to do two one for the one for the industry and one for the guests so if if there if there's something i don't know, do you need do you need more lead on it no no no, no. teachable yeah. moment in the industry mm-hmm. well I, I think for industry people i think at the end of the day especially you know when when thinking about my legacy and like that you know don't, don't think things too seriously mm-hmm. like i said you know i mean no matter where you're at, I think at the end of the day, if you're in this industry, you should be in it for the people. You know, I mean, yeah, you make good money usually, you know, where you're at and, and hours based wise, on your you personality, know, based on your personality yeah. and whatnot. But I think, you know, if you're going to be in this industry, you got to be focused on wanting to take care of people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you do that, the money flows. And well, that, that, it sounds cheesy and it sounds like a guy not, who's in management, but it, I'll tell you, it's a true thing. It sounds that way, but that's it. I mean, it sounds that way because. It's what it's what people that have been in the industry for any amount of time have found is the most important thing. And whether, you know, based on your own experience, that's great. But people have been doing this for a very, very long time, yeah. longer than any of us have been alive. And so there's some knowledge and some experience that comes from our elders, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. I think just take care of people. And, and mm-hmm. There's a time and place to cut that person off and then yeah. tell somebody that they're not welcome in your establishment anymore. And absolutely. You but know? that's a line that they've crossed. That's a line that far. they've crossed. But yeah. in terms of what, you know, my advice to my, you know, my peers and, you know, my, my familia in the bar industry, you know, it's, it's take care of people, put them first, mm-hmm. because when you do that, everything else is going to flow from there. Yeah. You know, the money's going to come from there. Build that relationship. You're, and that you, again, you build relationships and it helps your career. I mean, part of where I'm at in my life is because of, I built those relationships with people, mm-hmm. you know, that's, um, one of the great things about entering competitions and, and things like that is that you meet a whole group of not only kindred spirits, but you network, mm-hmm. you meet people, you learn something and it helps you develop in, in your career. So, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, my advice to anybody in the industry is, you know, take care of people. That's what yeah. you're here for. And that's, that's why we should, we should be doing what we do. Sure. I mean, we love the hours for the most part, you know, and money's good for a lot of the front of house people for the most part. And, you know, you might work a 30 hour week and make as much as somebody working a 60 hour week in a, you know, salary job in the office mm-hmm. job. But at the end of the day, you know, it's where if you want to succeed in this industry and be in it for long term, you got to take care of people. Yeah. For about, you know, if I was to give the advice to the guest, Mm-hmm. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, I think, like I said, you know, when I talked about this in the first part of the segment is that when, when are you going to get a real job? Or maybe it was just you and I talking out, you know, before we started, you know, mm-hmm. guess that's, still, come up that's that. still a common thing that everybody a, in this it industry is a common thing. every, I feel like every single, I don't know if every single person, but they're like, <clears throat> A lot of people in this industry have heard. When are you going to get it real? But it's not just from like the guests. It's also from their family, Mm -hmm. their friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've experienced that myself. You know, it's like when are you going to, you know, when are you going to change this or where do you, where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself? And it's just like, you know, I think, I think that people got to start kind of thinking about and realizing that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. I think we're so focused on status 
and how much we make versus what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I'm a firm, I really am, man, a firm believer of that. You know, I mean, you have good days and bad days no matter what you do in your career and your yeah. life. But if you're happy at what you do, then honestly, that is a huge part of, yeah. you know, being able to get up and, and do what you do and, and, right. and where you do it and, and then whatever industry you're in. So I think, you know, for the guests that come through, it's like, you know, hey, don't, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, you know. You yeah. don't know that that person there, you know, you don't know what their life is like outside of these four walls. You sure. know, you don't know what they're going through, their struggles, um, you know, and, and don't assume that, you know, they're just because of their serving you a drink that they're beneath you, mm-hmm. you know, because it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, really? some of the best people that, I've met in my life though, don't have degrees and, you know, or I've been doing this for 20, 30 years, you know, and it, it you know, it, it's something... I think that's special, you know, yeah. that you share amongst like, you know, peers. Like I said, there's no other industry, man, where you have the people around you that you have and you have the the kinship and the friendships and the uh, support that you have in there, you know. So mm-hmm. use it while it's there. Because I think a lot of people out there don't do that. They don't use that support and the people around them and, and you know, help them out. Yeah, community. Yeah. Oh, uh, winnable moments. Winnable moments. All right. Oh, oh. All right. So, you know, I've, had, I've been lucky enough to uh, – you know, I've, I've won some competitions before and, and had, you know, my cocktails featured in publications like that. Uh, me and uh, one of my uh, buddies from Snoqualmie Casino, the cigar manager there, uh, Josh Weltmer, we were uh, winners shout of the... Uh, shout out to Josh. Great guy. I'd like to meet Josh. Uh, he, uh, you got to go to the Snoqualmie Casino then, man. He's the cigar specialist. Peter loves cigars like Lit, Monica Lewinsky. At uh, Lit Cigar Lounge there. I'm telling you. So we won the uh, Kindred, uh, Kindred uh, Cocktail Competition Fuck you, Joey. for uh, <laughs> back in 2014 when we were in Scotland. So mm. that, was a, that was a great experience there, uh, being... In uh, Dufton and Edinburgh for about five days. Nice. Uh, they have a good comedy amazing. festival there. Do, do they? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, okay. I think it was like twenty. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I've been lucky enough, you know, and and, and honored to be featured in a few things. Uh, uh, Difford, uh, Simon Difford. He he has a few of my cocktails in his book, mm-hmm. the uh, Bartender's Bible. You, uh, I, I you know what? I saw your name on a on a bottle something. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, so I have a uh, Brovo Pink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Brovo, their local shout spirit here Bro-vo. in Seattle. Uh, I developed their uh, Pink Vermouth, mm-hmm. which uh, you can get like, so, at different stores and like that. I saw that without knowing. I do not get paid to say this, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> I saw that without knowing that you had done it. I was uh, just in a liquor store one day, and I was like, and I was li- and I was looking at Vermouth, and I was like, Scotty Diaz. I was like, what? I was like, I <laughs> fucking know that guy. Holy shit. So that was that was a fun uh, that was a fun moment. That was pretty great. Sure. Like I said, you know, in this industry, I've, I've been lucky enough to to meet some great people and make mm-hmm. those connections. And uh, when I run a few competitions, and you know, being a part of Legacy uh, this year is uh, is a huge honor. Yeah, man. That's you know, awesome. and I hope to really to go past the nationals and go on the finals, the global mm-hmm. finals, which will be you know a whole another. Um, Part of my career. You what know, would that dancing. entail? Yeah, just you know, uh, your cocktail to the next level. I, I don't know everything involved just yet, but just uh, knowing some of the past winners or those involved, you know, it's uh, you take your cocktail and your legacy globally. So you know, mm-hmm. instead of just thinking about you know your sort of four walls of where you're at and you know the Pacific Northwest, you know, it's it's thinking beyond that. You know, mm-hmm. taking it to the world. 
Um, I don't know everything involved in that uh, just yet. Um, hopefully I will, but if not, you know, either way, this has been a great experience and a, a great journey. I think it's one of those competitions that really gets you outside of your shell. Sure. You know, uh, you know, I've always thought of myself as a people person, you know, being able to, you know, interact with those around me, you know, make those connections, but it, it's completely unlike any other competition. You got to reach I, out. I don't like, just, yeah, I got to reach out. And here's and here's one that. of those things, right? Talking yeah, with this. you and yeah. doing this. And, you know, I mean, I've done, <laughs> you press, I, I, man. I know. I, I mean, I've done interviews, you know, before and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been on TV before and, but you know, this is really taking it to that next level, you know, yeah. making, you know, really seeing what you can do with your, yeah. your legacy. You're and, investing and your in yourself. Exactly. Like, and, and what you've come up with. And so. that's, and I think like, the world we live in where we can actually do that mm-hmm. in the industry that we work in is so fucking cool, man. It is. That's why I said I, this is the I'm, best I'm industry, bro. I, I, the I love, best industry to work in. It really is. It, it is. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, to have my – be able to do these competitions. Like I said, you know, I've been part of the Glenn Fitta competition that, you know, I won back in 2014. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've done nice. a competition for uh, Cabo Pisco, which I, I've won before. Um, I've done competitions with uh, Heaven Hill Bartender of the Year a couple years in a row. Really? Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, Bacardi Legacy I've been in. This is my second time in there. Um, you know, Uncle Val's gin. I mean, I could go on. You know, I've yeah, done quite a few. I haven't, won a, I haven't won a, a bunch, but, you know, I think it, at the end of the but day, I look at it as like being a part of this competition. That's awesome. It's not even it's about great. winning, though. It's just about being part of the community. Yeah, right? exactly. You're, Making those connections, you're, man. You're contributing to, mm-hmm. you know, this you know this world we live yeah. in that's awesome yeah. and I, you I know really, i've been really fortunate enough that. to have cocktails featured in in books and and publications and that you know it's pretty great you know mm-hmm. i know uh gary regan you know uh, you know he passed away just uh, a couple weeks ago and you know, i don't know if you know him he's a juggernaut in this industry um gaz uh i i was you know got, got in a couple of his uh books and um um, 2013 or 14, I think. And, you know, the guy, I, I unfortunately never had an opportunity to meet the gentleman. Um, but, you know, we, we had email correspondence and, and stuff. And, you know, just, I could tell you just a warm gentleman, you know. And yeah. like I said, you make these connections in this industry, you know, when we're talking about, you know, you know, people we talk to and, and that and I just don't think that people always think about the long term lasting effects that it has on your career and your yeah. your you know your pers- your personal being as well. Well, it's know? always just write it up a conversation as like a conversation and just not to ever think about mm-hmm. it again. But but I mean, where we are in this world now, I mean, <clears throat> everything you say is is to to an extent remembered, and mm-hmm. everybody you meet is is a potential contact in the future. You know, now where it used to just be like random yeah happenstances and quaint conversations you know now like yeah. everything kind of has weight to it um so it's really just more about being intentional about where you put your weight right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know no, what, what, what 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 i mean how do you want to represent yourself how do mm-hmm. you want to you know move to that next step yeah. And, you well, know, what, what does this industry have? It's it's all unwritten. Yeah. That would be my advice to anybody up and coming, you know, besides just like we were talking about before, you know, getting your knowledge up, you know, try to do as much as you can in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. enter those competitions, you know, yeah. talk to your local rep, uh, you know, get a hold of your peers out Take there. Take some fucking pride in your work. It's, it, I mean, it's a, it's amazing. Like I said, it just takes you to a whole nother level, mm-hmm. you know, and I wouldn't have been able to, honestly, I don't feel I would be where I'm at unless I did those things, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it's, and I think a lot of people who are in the same um, place in their uh, career as myself, you know, would say the same thing. You know, when they got here without other people or being uh, able to have those experience and make those connections and network and, you know, because you got to get yourself out there. How would you, who would you say set you on that path, do you think? 
gosh, you know, I mean, I, I got to be honest, man. You know, I, I always throw this out there. You know, I always looked at good old Michael Pules. as a bullhouse as my that, uh, that guy, as a mentor, man. That guy really did. He really set me on my path and he got mm-hmm. me passionate about it. Yeah. Shout out to you there, Michael. No, no, <laughs> I, 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 was. He was a great I, guy. I was a baiting you know? question, man, because I knew, I, I knew you were going to say that because he did the same for me. It really was. He and really did. That it, guy, that guy, he, he, he really inspired like a group of us, I think. And that's, that's I think so. that's really special. Yeah. And there's, you know, that those are, you know, memories that I treasure a lot and, you know, mm-hmm. friendships that I treasure a lot. And, you know, I got to say, you know, that everybody out there has that mentor, somebody who sent them on that path, whether consciously or subconsciously sometimes, you know, yeah. just like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That yeah. person, you know. Even if it's somebody who helped, you know, support them or whatever, it might have been somebody who maybe kind of gave them an awakening of where they're at in their career, you know, yeah. and, Showed and their the personality, the next step. you know, and just kind of give them a kick in the ass, you know. Sometimes yeah. those are the people that set you on the path you don't realize. But honestly, I think he really did too, you know, mm-hmm. really jumpstarted my career in terms of like got me yeah. passionate, you know, and it got me thinking about like, oh, this is really cool because I love the like I said, the, the, the whole flair aspect of the mm-hmm. industry back then. And, you know, as I got into that, I started you know, diving into more about, you know, what it's about and what we Mm -hmm. do and and how you can do it and why you do it, you know? And I think, you know, for a lot of people out there that don't always do that, they don't think about that. Mm -hmm. They don't think about the connections they can make and why they're in this industry. And frankly, if you're in it for the money, you're in there for the wrong reasons, you know, if you're in it for the money, you're not going to last flat, you know, you're not going to last, or if you're going to last, you're going to be miserable the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just the wrong focus in general in life. I mean, Money is just the way to pay for other things. I mean, your your mm-hmm. focus in life should be, you know, happiness or some sort of like better betterment, not just exactly financial. Like, yeah, money's stupid. <laughs> well, but no, I mean, like that's it. It pays. We're kind of in the industry for the money, though. It pays for things, and I, <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I do my no... job to make money, but like it, it's not. Oh, I know. It's not by any means the reason I live. in here's the thing: you're in life. your job to make money. There, there's no two <laughs> ways about it. You work in order to make money. Yeah. But those people who are, and at least I can say in our industry, the people who prosper in our industry and stay in our industry and love what they do, they do it for not just because they the make good money, connection. but they do it because of there's another part of that. They make because, those personal because connections they play and they the love role what they do. Bartender in their community because mm-hmm. it's a communal role. The you know the, the bartender it's 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 a therapist at a cheaper cost. Yeah. It's someone who can pour a drink and yeah. someone who can mix a drink. It's someone who is your friend when you walk in the door. You know, it's somebody who gives a shit about your life and mm-hmm. knows the name of, you know, your friends and your family. You know, it's 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 a and sometimes it's, can give you a really that hard advice, role. right? And kind mm-hmm. of give you that real talk. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an unbiased. We, we miss. It's an unbiased opinion a lot yeah. of times where you might ask them advice based on nothing other than what you asked them, and they just give you your opinion. You change your whole life. <laughs> because because they said you're an idiot and you, you needed to do something yeah. different. Well, you know, I think you know, just talking about you know my experience here with Bacardi Legacy and you know being on this show and, mm-hmm. and and that you know that's that's part of this competition that I think is something special. Mm-hmm. This is about making connections and part of the La Gran Familia. You know, it's yeah. just like you know getting yourself out there and, and and getting with the people around you and enriching yourself through them. You know, because you're only as good as people around you sometimes. So that's fine. Most of the time, I mean, you can be you can be the best bartender ever, and you can work at the shittiest bar in the world because it's only good on the shifts that you work. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to find a way to influence other people around you and make them want to be better too. Oh. You know, it's it's a leadership role, really. Um, last call means last call for alcohol. <laughs> time. Uh, would Every you like, bartender's favorite words. Would you like a shot? <laughs> would you like a shot? Drink it uh-huh. fast and get the fuck out. That's what we all say. Um, so 
You uh, don't have to go home, but, but you, you can't, can't stay, stay here. here. Thank you, Matchbox Twenty, for writing a song about that. I wish a, I wish a band that was it's better. A I wish a band that was better at music would have wrote that song. But whatever. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Kelly, drink your shot. How dare you? Hundred percent agave. Hundred percent agave. Not terrible. Campo Azul, I think, is what the brand Campo name Azul. is. So, thank with, you, Trader Joe's. With the last shot. Last call. Guest info and promo shit. Oh, all right. So we've had our drinks. Okay. We've shared our stories. It's last call. Here's a shot that you just drank. And now, here's your shot to talk <laughs> about your shit, man. I know you got a cocktail you want to tell us about, and you got some things going on. Do it. <laughs> putting you on the spot again. D- didn't I? I? That was a, was this? that a bad leader? Right. I apologize. I'm just tell, saying. Uh, tell us about what you're doing right now. Or what, what I'm doing right now, social uh, media. So yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's and, your Instagram uh, Facebook. So Instagram is at uh, staygold underscore legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter's at uh, staygoldlegacy. Same thing for Facebook. So follow me on there. Follow my journey to the uh, U.S. Finals in Puerto Rico. Is there a way January. to vote for you, or is it? What, you know, is, I is really there a wish public participation thing. Um, you know, you just go on there and like my. Uh, be, like my uh, pictures and my stories and like yeah. that and yeah. uh, like I said you know I'll be doing a lot more stuff moving up I got uh, Wednesday hopefully mm-hmm. you can join me at I, Camp Bar in Tacoma yeah, I'll Kelly, be there Kelly and I will, will be down will there yeah. alright yeah. so Peter, Peter has to work late oh, I know come my wife's coming you can so. still come I'm there till midnight. Or should, should we wear? <laughs> wear your shirts, dude. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be wearing my shirt. Nice. So, but yeah, I'll be at Camp Bar in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Haight, one of my good buddies, uh, who's owner there, gracious awesome. enough to host me there. Um, nice thing is, not just a uh, pop up event, but also every cocktail that I sell will go towards uh, a portion of the proceeds will go to Big Table mm-hmm. to help those in our industry who are less fortunate and need some help here during the holiday season. It's awesome. Um, it's so, really awesome, you know, man. Absolutely. A, you know, well, thank you for doing that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, I think it's important, you know, to re- again, reaching out and helping those around us. No, giving uh, back to your us. community is so. a big fucking thing. And, and especially, I think, us in the industry, awesome. a lot of people don't think about that when they think about helping those less fortunate. You mm-hmm. know, there's a there's a ton of us in this industry that, you know, need help paying bills, maybe a car breaks down, yeah. you know, or you need some uh, help with uh, uh, paying the sitter. So, I mean, it's a, it's really important. I think we get lost in the mix, you know, with a lot of that stuff. Just and taking care of those. So I'll be, I'll be there at Camp Bore in Tacoma, 8 p.m. to midnight, uh, slinging drinks. So you'll awesome. be able to get Stay Gold while you're there. Also be <laughs> featuring a few other cocktails on, on my uh, playlist. Nice. And then uh, right now I'm just uh, working on uh, continuing my legacy. So, you know, there'll be more to come. Uh, a few other guest spots and working with some friends down in mm-hmm. Portland right now doing uh, a community event and uh, uh, teaching uh, events as well. In, in our industry so I think there's a lot of good stuff to come but uh, definitely you know follow me on Facebook follow me on Twitter again at stay gold underscore legacy for Twitter or uh, for uh, Instagram and then at stay gold legacy stay gold legacy on Facebook and Twitter nice yeah thank you so much like, thank you guys. We're, we're honestly honored to have you on like it's really a pleasure to have yeah. you here thank you for coming and spending your time with us well I appreciate it a lot absolutely, absolutely. you know I, anytime to get out here and be able to make drinks for people is always a fun thing Bro, this is a nothing wrong with and, that and to, to, <laughs> to be able to connect with with a friend you know it's just 
It's why it's why I do this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm doing this so I can hang out with my friends and That's have a right. reason to do it. So, so if anybody doesn't realize that we didn't talk about it, Joey and I have known each other probably for a good 17 years now. Pushing you know, 20, but man. we haven't honestly really physically seen each other in about 12. It's been Damn. over a decade. It's it's, sure. it's been a little while. Well, so. we've, we've communicated a bunch, it's like nice the, uh, get you guys Facebook re- Messenger re- and text reunited. and stuff. But reunited like it's uh, for you. And it's so yeah. united. Yeah, I mean we've been we've we've been through a lot. Via the internet, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, yeah. So, and, uh, so, yeah. So, you know, if Peter wants to hear any good stories outside of. Um, yeah, there's going to be some good talking good while we eat dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too. Well, is there anything else that you want to shout out? Anybody that you want to. You know, I just want to, you know, thank everybody, you know, that's, that's kind of helped me work, getting where I've been. Um, you know, I got some great people, kind of, especially during my uh, competition legacy right now with Bacardi. You know, Ashley Danella has been helping me out a lot. It's my mentor out of uh, Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family's been a, a big part of that. My wife and, you know, my uh, sister-in-law have been helping me out a lot with, uh, you know, social media and building my legacy and helping me perfect what I do. And, you know, shout out to everybody who's helped me out, you know, in my career and just people I've known, you know, you know, Joey and Michael and Mo. Uh, Joe Ghana, you know, Dude. Joe over at Maynard's has uh, been helping me out too. Yeah, I saw you got your cocktail yeah, over at Maynard's. You know, That's yep. awesome. Trying to go down and help them Joe out. Got to have Joe on at some point too. Yep. So, you know, he was my, my trainer at Silver City. When uh, I first yeah, started. you know, it's, it, he was, you know, we were talking about that, that uh, snarky dishwasher. I remember Joe Ghana spraying people coming around the corner yeah. and stack their dishes. <laughs> we still laugh about that. That's awesome. So, you know, you know, like I said, you know, there's been a lot of people that's helped me in my career and, you know, out there that I look towards as mentors and as friends and peers. So, you know, like I said, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, to anybody out there and, you know, don't, uh, don't get discouraged. And there's a lot of people out there that can, you know, help you out and what you need and, you know, reach out if you guys uh, need anything. So. Awesome, man. Is there anything you want to plug for Bacardi? Oh, are they giving Bacardi, you anything? Are they giving, are they, are they giving anything? you anything to plug? You know, I, I'd like to, you know, thank Bacardi for actually, you know, giving me the opportunity to help, uh, you know, build my legacy and, you know, hopefully uh, propel my career, you know, in a, mm-hmm. a little bit different direction and sure. you know, than I'm currently at. And, you know, like I said, I think it's uh, it's good to have people behind you that believe in what you do and, and sure. want to see you succeed. I and mean, it's definitely, definitely it's definitely synergetic, you know, with them. That. You know, there's, you know, they get obviously get marketing out of it you know but their whole thing is about family so i think it's it's part of our bar industry it's big Mm -hmm. about family you know and that's exciting hardy is very family oriented oh absolutely grand familia i mean they're they're (laughs) all about that since bakungo first uh established this you know be cautious on how much gratitude we give them before we (laughs) from them you guys like as much as i love Bacardi superior in what they do. <laughs> I would also love the money that they make. So at this point, I think that's going to wrap to wrapping up the life from the well. Um, you know, I I, uh, I know that we could definitely do more when it comes to marketing and that kind of stuff. But fuck, I don't want to do it for free. So, <laughs> um, Scotty. Man, I, I really appreciate you coming on and making the time for this. I know it's a two and a half hour drive, and fucking goddamn it, that sucks. But no, I appreciate I really, it. We really the, appreciate um, you coming. Come, come, the, yeah, this means a lot to me, and and thank you so much for doing this. Um, I, I want to say thank you to all of you guys for listening, all million and two listeners, because <laughs> we finally There's got those extra two. Them, man, like they keep growing, and I I can't believe you that know we who have, you two are. You I know. really I really can't believe that we have as many listeners as we do now. Um, we, we, we've been sipping on some, uh, some delicious, uh, iron, iron horse, horse, iron horse beer 
the Canhannon IPA, I gotta say, is is just the it's just a bomb ass IPA. Um, and you know, I not I gotta, nothing else, I nothing else say, from them other than their beer is just goddamn. I gotta delicious. say, Iron Horse uh, makes an awesome Irish Death. Like their Irish Death is. No, I, I already said. I think the last episode I said yeah. the Irish Death is my favorite. Beer I think, uh, what was I doing? I was doing that uh, Mocha Death there. It was Hell yeah. delicious. Thank you to Iron Horse for just making good beer, and it's good, and we're drinking it currently. Um. <laughs> And we love Rainier beer, too. Fuck. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. And thank you to Rainier beer. Your vitamin R. Your what it should be. So Thank you thank to... Thank you, Scotty. Thank you to the giant, Peter. <laughs> thank you to the den mother. Thank you to Scotty fucking Diaz for making a goddamn two and a half hour drive to come be on That's this right. show. Bring stay gold. Stay gold, stay Seattle. Gold. Hashtag stay gold. Stay gold. Um, until the next time, you guys, this is Christmas. Merry Christmas. 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 Happy New Year. Christmas time. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Das Vidanya. Salud. Cheers. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, also, hey, <laughs> real quick, don't drive drunk, dickheads. Catch an Uber. Call a friend. Never drive drunk. It's the worst thing Drink you can do. Drink responsibly. It's $20,000 and a couple of days in jail and a couple of years in therapy. You don't want it. You don't need it. Think twice. Versus $50 on an Uber. Catch an Uber. It's worth it. Catch it's an worth Uber. your time. And then stay gold. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.